0: Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM.
1: And the Mirror today talks about freezy, freezy going, weather taking a turn for the worse with a cold snap on the way next week. Other parts of the country will get it a lot colder than us. We got, uh, you know, down here in the south, we tend to, well... A lot of the time, tend to uh, avoid, say, the colder temperatures of the Northwest or even the Midlands. There was a right old spat in the doll yesterday between Alan Kelly and the Taoiseach. You can tell the tempers are frayed now uh, over COVID and restrictions and what's best to do and booster jabs and pup payments and antigen tests and schools and. And the big issue, of course, there was, I think it had to do with whether or not teachers would be exempt from, you know, having to isolate and take the three antigen tests. Remember that at one stage, somebody claims that they were told that they were exempt. And then, of course, they changed their mind on that. I don't know whether they did a U-turn or whether it was a genuine error, but it led to a, a row between the two of them yesterday. And you could tell, really, that they were just really up for a spat. Uh, and that um, actually at one stage, Micheal Martin said to Alan Kelly, I've been in the house longer than you. And you learn something new every day. I learned something about you yesterday that I'll never forget. And that will govern our relationship from here onwards. There's an awful lot of words in that, right? I mean, Hall, being a Corkman, should have known that he could have said it a quicker way with less words as we would on Side. And instead of all of those words, a Sider would say, I'm wide to you, boy. I'm wide to you, boy. Says a lot, doesn't it? But uh, Tony Hoolan wants everybody that has a Christmas party booked to cancel it. He says that the timing is all wrong. Um, Christmas party should be avoided as COVID cases continue to spike, says he. Um, and any kind of annual festive shindigs should be called should be called off. So instead of happy Xmas, it's happy. Axmas, I suppose. Schools are on the brink, and that's the big ticket item at the moment, really, as to, you know, how much of primary and secondary schools are responsible for the spread of COVID. So teachers and kids are back in the firing line again this morning in all of the newspapers, and Ireland stands, as they say in the red tops today, at the brink of a Christmas lockdown. So the lockdown world is word is being spoken about again this week. And you know something? The more that people talk about it, the more inclined politicians will be to opt for it. So we want to be very careful the language you use or the conversations we have. They're talking about spiraling cases and the government's clear failure to adequately prepare in any way, shape or form for the fourth wave, never mind the other three. And to be quite honest with you, uh, government and politicians failure over many, many decades to um, equip the health service for what it needs. Um, but I guess that that's just a task that's way too big for anybody to take on. Um, you wonder why people would still opt to stay on a PUP payment, particularly when there's lots of work there. Um, and ideally, um, construction is one area that could be looked at as an example of that because apparently it's impossible to get workers back on buildings. So I know they are back, but not enough of them. And it's the PUP payment, uh, they're saying, Uh, that's uh, preventing or stopping construction workers going back to work. One would have thought that people in construction could earn an awful lot more than a pandemic PUP payment, but the mail this morning says PUP is a drain on builders. And if you were wondering about, um, you know, compliance checks with regards to hospitality around the, con- uh, the country, some counties got little or no checks at all. And they looked at a, uh, a period of a fortnight in different places where they found that uh, there were only two checks in businesses in one particular county. There were three checks in businesses in Wicklow in that same period. And Sligo got four checks in a, a fortnight you know, like, and then you wonder why areas like Lao are just gone through the roof but there's been mass cancellations then apparently according to the mail they're quoting restaurant owners who are facing mass cancellations due to the fear of Covid cases rising and they're saying that in itself now will lead to staff redundancies and closures of businesses could be well on the horizon. So that's not me scaremongering guys, that's just a selection of what's happening in the newspapers. A story that I will come back to in a few minutes time. It makes many of the papers today, both the examiner and And the echo carried in full detail, obviously. um, Gardee said that they haven't been able to establish what led to Johnny Hennessy killing his two brothers with an axe and then taking his own life. There was an inquest yesterday into the deaths of the three brothers in February of this year. Uh, The jury returned a verdict of unlawful killing in the deaths of Willie and Paddy. And I'm reading from the first couple of paragraphs in the echo this morning. The Irish, Irish Times goes into it in quite some detail because Barry Roach reports on the inquest I'll talk to him in a moment. But the star this morning says uh, double X killers call for help. Uh, Johnny did make some calls uh, earlier in that evening regarding his two brothers, it said. Uh, but the star says that the family couldn't go to the farm because at the time it was outside their five kilometer COVID restrictions. They made calls to the guardie. Instead. So the mystery is still surrounding the two brothers, although, um, some have to, some papers are suggesting it had to do with their timber round. So I'll come back to that in a few minutes time. Another one that's of interest to us is John Walsh, because he was locked up in the Midlands prison in 2008 for murdering 25 year old John McManus here on Leaside. He's died of COVID and he's become the first, uh, I think inmate to die from, uh, COVID while incarcerated. Um, this goes back to 2008. Uh, when he um, murdered Mac- Mr. McManus uh, at a flat on Verdant Place in Wellington Road. And he was sentenced to life behind bars in 2010. So that's an interesting story with a court connection. And there is one other court case from side today of this young fellow who robbed an iPhone 12 from another young man. Uh, he already had four previous convictions for assaulting other people and four for assault, causing harm and stuff like that. But interestingly, for robbing uh, the uh, iPhone 12, he got 18 months jail. It's an interesting story because the lad who owned the phone had gone to Murphy's farm uh, to hang out with his friends and they were having a couple of drinks and listening to music and all was cool in that regard. So your man comes up and asks to borrow the phone, uh, this guy Anthony Butler from uh, Churchfield, he borrows the phone, he just doesn't give it back um, and then the poor lad who owned the phone know, knew that he was, after about an hour he knew he wasn't getting the phone back so he left and got some distance away when... Butler and another fella uh, caught up with him and started demanding that he give over the passcodes and the pin codes uh, they actually at this stage they had taken two phones uh, and they kicked them and they punched him a number of times and The lad gave over the passcodes. then he went to a buddy 's home and then to the a and e but you know what the apple 's phone tracker was uh, activated, and the guards found the phone in the um, in the defendant 's uh, bedroom anthony butler 's bedroom so that 's why he ended up in court yesterday uh, before uh, judge Boyle Helen Boyle. Uh, In sentence to three years with half suspended, so it's an interesting. I mean, sometimes you wonder whether those kind of things would get suspended sentences. You can never really tell in courts anymore, but 18 months is what he got. And do you ever wonder, with all of the stories that are making the newspapers today, these days, and radio and and television news reports, uh, of the amount of uh, compensation payouts by the HSE, I don't think there's a week goes by now that we don't see a substantial payout, certainly a fortnight, one a fortnight for sure, a substantial payout for the HSE for all sorts of blunders and negligence. A lot of the time at birth, and there's a teen with cerebral palsy makes the papers today who sued through his parents uh, Galway hospital uh, settled his high court action for 30 million uh, i i would hate to even think i mean and and it's right that families have recourse to law in this regard because 40, 50 years ago, this was never happening. There were all sorts of stuff happening in hospitals, and parents and families just just had to live with the consequences of it. And sadly then, we have um, the story making all of the papers of another inquest, and that was the inquest over the past few days of Maria Downey, uh, who lived in County Cork, found dead on the floor of her room in the CUH, and 40-year-old Dara, found critically injured. He subsequently died then uh, uh, the following evening. That makes all of the papers today um, I won't go into the detail of it because it's just very, very tragic and I went through it yesterday. Papers are also talking today uh, on a light-hearted note of a couple of interesting stories regarding uh, how people's um, how people's dating uh, is changing. They're no longer interested in kind of like going out on the lash. But I don't think it's been that way. You, you certainly wouldn't do that on a first date anyway, I think. It's usually kind of, um, you know, something an awful lot more sedate than that so you get the measure of the other person. but. Bumble are saying that people are more inclined now to go for, uh, to go baking. <laughs> to go baking on your first date? You might go for a walk. That's popular. Or go to a comedy gig. But going to the pub for drink is a thing of the past. And also, a thing of the past as well, it could be, unless they can get more people to work. We all know that Santa Claus is working away in the North Pole with the elves, etc. But Santa's helpers, you know the Santa Claus is in the different supermarkets and shopping malls? They just can't get enough of them. I don't know Why? Uh, but centers are in a short supply across Ireland. Saint Nick impersonators, as they call them in the mirror today. And there are those that are and are not fans of the, uh, you know, eat for five days, fast for two days. Uh, whatever you have in yourself, who am, eating, who am I to tell people what they should do? But apparently, there's research out now saying that it's completely and utterly useless, the 5-2 diet. Um, I, I think, I don't think anything's wrong with uh, fasting, to be honest with you now. Two days off and five days on is fairly sharp, is severe. I mean, surely be to God, you eat something in the two days. But I I think fasting can be very, very good. I mean, even just on a personal note, I would never eat any day before midday. And then, funnily enough, I'm a bit like Scrooge. I have I porridge at midday. But I think that's a good thing. It gives the stomach a rest and it clears out the system and they can get eating again. So, I mean, they they, they kind of say that you should try and leave between 12 and maybe 15 hours period fasting you know including sleep now that is don't get me wrong in that regard but i'll come back to this one a little later on where did i put the damn thing now to? oh yeah do you know those inspirational quotes and stuff that you'd see um on instagram some people have entire instagram pages and instagram accounts just uh, dedicated to inspirational quotes uh, there's a lovely story in the mail today from marion power she says that inspirational quotes Make me want to scream. You'll also see them in train stations, she says, in cafes, all over Instagrams, even on menus. You know the, the, the chalkboards outside restaurants and cafes now? They have them on them everywhere you go. And she's just had enough of them. And she kind of takes the make out of some of them this morning. Like, dance like nobody's watching. And she says, they're not. I live alone. <laughs> Another one. Everything happens for a reason. She says, tell that to someone in a refugee camp. She says, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first small step. She says, can't I just stay here on my sofa for God's sake? Another one, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Now, that one alone would make me want to tear my hair out. She says, but what if I never wanted it to happen in the first place? So there are more like that. I'll come back to it later on this morning. But if you have an inspirational quote that you live your life by, or equally, that wrecks your head... Please text 86 and share. The Neil Prenderville Show. Okay, but seriously, back to one of the stories that I mentioned this morning, and that, of course, was the inquest into the deaths of uh, three brothers, Willie, Paddy, and Johnny Hennessy. It makes all of the newspapers today. Now, some of this conversation you might f- find grim or upsetting, so I just warn, warn you in advance. I'm joined by Barry Rhodes, Southern correspondent for the Irish Times. Barry, Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, where does one begin? Do you want to begin with the recommendations of the inquest or the result of the inquest or trace back the story itself? I will leave it to you.
2: We, we'll start with the, the recommendations, I suppose, and go back then uh, yeah. and outline the, the way it developed or unfolded yesterday. Thank you. Go ahead. Uh, the, uh, the jury, it's the inquest, is, as you say, into the deaths of the three brothers, Mitchell Stone, Willie... Paddy and Johnny Hennessy. Um, Willie was 68, Paddy 60, and Johnny 59. They were originally from a place called Curragorm in Mitchellstone. It's out off the um, Kildare Road, a small hillside farm there. Mm. Johnny was living at the home place. Paddy was living between his daughter's house in Mitchellstone and his partner's house in Tipperary. And then Willie was living in a house in Mitchellstone, but they used to all go out there. They had this... Uh, lumbering business, I suppose, timber business, where they would buy in timber, split it up, chop it into blocks, into kindling, and then they each had their own round, and they'd uh, sell it on. So that was the sort of situation. And they also had some uh, bullocks, I think Willie and Johnny uh, kept bullocks there, uh, and they'd sell them maybe twice a year, maybe get six or seven thousand for them. But it's a small holding, it's only about 15 acres, and not always great land, as it were. Uh, So as listeners will remember there was this tragedy unfolding back in February of this year Uh, I think we we woke up to the news that uh, two men were dead and uh, Gardy were looking for a third and the two men who died uh, initially were Paddy and Willie the two older brothers and they were looking for Johnny and then Johnny was found in the River Function around lunch or that Friday. Uh, but the background that was the, the background to it I suppose briefly Willie and Paddy had suffered serious head injuries yeah. and Gardy found uh, an axe nearby and it appeared that they had been killed with the axe. So the jury yesterday uh, at the Coroner's Court in North Cork uh, Dr Michael Kennedy the Coroner um, had fixed yesterday for the hearing and the jury made a couple of recommendations. They recommended that the Minister for Health would carry out a review and enhance support services for people who may be suffering from mental health issues after they heard details of the the inquest and then the second one that they actually also recommended was a recommendation that they made was that the role of the community Garda would be reviewed with a view to the community Garda engaging directly with people in distress. So they were the the consequences of the outcome, I suppose, at the end. They had returned verdicts of unlawful killing in the case of Paddy and Willie and then a verdict of suicide in the case of Johnny. But we heard evidence, first of all, yesterday morning from assistant set pathologist, Dr. Margaret Bolster. She had done the post-mortems all three. And she testified that both Paddy and Willie died from severe traumatic injuries to the brain, consistent with being struck multiple times with an axe found at the scene, and that Johnny, uh, who was found in the river, had died from uh, acute respiratory failure due to drowning. She did say, I suppose, the way of... If it was some consolation to the family that both Willie and Paddy such exten- so extensive for their injuries, and I, I'm going won't go into them um, in, 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 in any quickly. detail, mm-hmm. that they would have been unconscious very quickly, uh, so that they wouldn't have felt anything, I suppose. But mm-hmm. um, the injuries were, were you know, fractured skulls, fractured jaws, fractured eye sockets, that sort of stuff. Yeah, so there's a lot of really heavy-duty stuff there. In fact, so, so bad was it that both Paddy and Willie had to be formally identified using dental records. Sure. Um, and Willie, it seemed, had a defensive wound in his left forearm and his right hand, while Paddy had just one defensive wound. So it seems that they were you know, taken by surprise to yes, some yes. extent, at any rate. They were known locally as the Saints, uh, and as I say, they had their um, timber owns supplying kindling and blocks, and they prepared it at the 15-acre holding. Um, we heard statements read in from their sister, Britta O'Reilly, and she lives in Anglesborough, in, Kutit- in Limerick, Kutit- Limerick, my apologies. And she said how Johnny had rung her home in Anglesborough about 10 to 6 on the f- uh, February 25th. On the to day itself, that, yeah. The day itself to yeah. say that he had been arguing with his two brothers and one of them had hit it with his fist. And she was shocked that she'd never got a, such a call from him. They were always quite boys and not that much for fighting, she said. And she told how Johnny wanted her to call out to them at Curragorm. But she refused and she handed the phone to her brother, Ned. Is that why
1: the Red Topster is talking about the 5K limit or was that referred yeah, to? Yeah, that,
2: that was mentioned. He said that he'd been breaching the, the COVID re- restrictions and he hadn't gone to the house that often. It's, I mean, I, I went out there some weeks or months afterwards. And it's very remote. You're on the main Kildare, Mitchelstown Road. You take uh, you go up the hill, and you're you're winding, and it's 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 not it's you know it's not easily. Well, I suppose I'm seeing it for the first time. So I suppose every time you go somewhere for the first time, it seems longer to get. Yeah. there. But uh, it it was it would have been a distance from them in Anglesborough. But what he said he'd do, N- Ned Riley uh, Breeder's husband, he said he'd bring the guardy. So he said that Brie came out the phone. She was very upset. She just handed me the phone and Johnny started talking to me. He said, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. Can you come over? Can you come over? He said that they had a row and the other two boys had beaten him up. As I say, he then said he'd contact the guard. He rang... For Moy, I think he got through to Mitchellstone and he spoke to a female guard and explained that his brother in law was very agitated and distressed. He gave the guards uh, Johnny's address uh, and the phone number. And then we heard from Garda Tracy Howard, she's in Mitchellstone. She told the inquest that she rang Johnny Hennessy on the number given. He sounded calm and composed and she asked him if the fight had settled down. He said the situation was now calm and he assured her, she asked him three times. Did he want the to And she away. was overheard in the
1: background also, and uh, in, in, in fairness to her, she really did
2: the he best had, job Gardner she James could. Wade, her colleague overheard her on the phone, because it was between the, the public office and the hall, but she said there was no commotion or noise in the background, and John Hennessy spoke calmly, and even cracked a joke to the effect that at their age, they should know better, and she said she got no red flags at all from him before she advised him to ring back his sister and assure Breida that everything was okay. And he did so, assure her that he did not require the guardy, And he did assure her that yeah. he didn't require the Gardaí ambulance and like that because he had uh, Ned Riley had mentioned that he was saying he had a pain in his chest but he assured the guard that he was okay didn't need the guards didn't need hospital didn't need doctors then Breida, we heard as I said from Breida Riley that Johnny rang her back at about a minute past six um, she, he'd rung first of all maybe at about ten to six then rang about a minute past six and told her that he had put off the guards calling out and everything was okay but when she later rang Willie the other brother on his mobile she got Johnny who sounded better and told her Willie was watching TV We then sort of, I suppose, um, Paddy, as I say, was staying uh, with his daughter Elaine in in Stone and he'd come home every evening. When he wasn't staying in Tipperary with his partner, Kitty Russell, he'd come and stay with her and he'd come home for his dinner around nine o'clock. She'd rung a few times, didn't get him, as did Kitty Russell in Tipperary. Around nine o'clock, when they couldn't get through and he hadn't shown up, they became very worried and a series of phone calls were made to Paddy's phone, Willie's phone, Johnny's phone by Elaine Russell, mm. uh, Stephanie, her mother, Paddy's ex-wife, and Kitty, his partner. None of them getting through. Mm. So at about half nine, ten o'clock ish, uh, Elaine and her mother drove out there to Corregorum, and that's where they were confronted with the, the horror that had unfolded. They um, she saw him uh, yeah, and saw the car and saw him there and. Uh, recognised him from his clothing and his boots recognised Paddy from his clothing and his boots Mm. and uh, saw blood everywhere and Elaine said she knew he was dead it was just gruesome they were terrified or or scared so they locked the car uh, round the guards and then arranged to meet the guards back on the Kildare Road so they came back down there and they met Garda Gerard Murphy and Shane Hannifin who went up with them they Paddy's his body in the yard. The timber yard is actually back from the house. It's about 300 metres away, maybe 400 metres. around the bend. He was by his car. At that stage, they didn't know what, who else was around or what was happening. So they got the two women out, contacted uh, their colleagues in Fermoia and Mitchell Stone. It was declared a crime scene. It was cordoned off. Because initially they thought Paddy may have been shot, his injuries were so extensive, the superintendent, Park Poland, from I requested the services of the armed support unit because he thought somebody may be dealing, they might be dealing with people who, um, carrying guns or firearms or shotguns. So they came out and about 5am they conducted, uh, they had to train negotiators the well thinking somebody might be in the house. There wasn't and around 5am they found Willie's body in, in the, the shed, shed and yeah. the axe nearby and then uh, uh, we heard evidence then from uh, Gareth Pardick Barrett. He checked CCTV footage and he was sort of seeing movements of the people from their vans and their cars. And he had a sighting. We we heard the last sighting of uh, Johnny was at a place called Derryn and at about 10 to 10 that night. We also heard evidence from another friend of theirs, a witness called Garrett Roach, who had been trying to ring uh, uh, some of the brothers that evening. Uh, he actually got through to Johnny at past 8 and uh, he, he tried sorry he tried to ring Willie at that or uh, at 7.45 he didn't get through he rang again five, and Johnny answered and he said Willie was listening to the news so that's the last spoken person speaking to uh, Johnny alive at, but when, at when the, phones uh, were answered by for, other people. Yeah, uh, Johnny them went unanswered after that yeah. so it would appear that um, Johnny was alive until 10 o'clock at least on the 25th. The two other men, it would seem, uh, from the fact that they weren't answering phones earlier, died Probably earlier. Dead I mean, at that stage. They may have been dead when actually Johnny yeah. William rang Hardy. his sister at 6. Yeah. Um, we, in terms of what prompted all this, uh, Gardier none the wiser, I think we heard from Sp- Yeah, but you do
1: talk about the timber round, an argument
2: Yeah, that. that's, like, we, There were several witnesses sis, uh, Elaine, the daughter Kitty uh, and several neighbours they all spoke, said no, never any friction at all, uh, there was a man called John Hennessy who was unrelated, he used to deliver the timber to them, that they would he'd deliver a load to Willie and then a load between Johnny and Paddy uh, for 150 quid, they Chop it up and sell it on bag so they'd make some money on that. He said he um, he was there the day before. Uh, he met Willie and Johnny. They were in good form, same as ever, no different. Then another day, and they were talking about selling cattle. He'd never seen any friction between them. Uh, Garrett Roach again knew them well. Uh, he said they all got on exceptionally well. But never what about any friction with John McGrath, with them. but John McGrath is the one man who had a different uh, experience with them, he uh, told how he'd spoken to Willie about seven weeks beforehand. By way of background, Paddy had a stroke in October 2020, and when he had that, he had to give up his timber round. Johnny took it over. Initially, it seems temporarily, but according to John McGrath, Willie told him seven weeks beforehand that Johnny wouldn't give Paddy back his customers. Yeah. And then sometime around, he remembers Johnny saying that Willie wanted to sell some of the land, uh, six acres, to get money to pay for a hip operation for Paddy. So that was the only possible friction Friction that we could, we, we heard statements from doctors who treated them and none of the doctors were ever aware of any uh, friction between them. So overwhelmingly, there's everyone is saying they got on well, but the one person who disagrees and who gives them, no he did say that it was a small bit of friction John, John McGrath uh, and he'd never seen them violent towards each other as, and as I say Breda already said they weren't, they weren't meant for fighting or anything like that but he's the one person who gives some indication or some suggestion that there was an issue between them and was initially over uh, the timber round and also over selling land but that's the only one everybody else more or less said that they got on really well Which means
1: the, that so. the, the guy failed to establish or were unable to, to establish a motive it, it remains a mystery so doesn't it?
2: It does yeah and then Paul said that, despite 169 statements, talking to solicitors, talking to financial institutions, talking to doctors, talking to neighbours, people who saw them and knew them, interacted. I mean, we we we, we um, heard evidence from man called um Joe O'Shea. He runs the Amber Garage in in in, in Willie and um, Johnny used to call him to him. He said, well, actually, what was interesting. Sorry, John Hennessy, the witness, did make the point that John Nee Hennessy. That Paddy and Willie were a lot slower on their feet than Johnny, who was as fit as a fiddle. And he mm-hmm. said he was most—he fifty-nine, but he said he was much fitter than most of his age. And we heard how he used to cycle to, I think, care and up around knock Long and come back over the mount, over the hills. Like so, he seems to have been a fit, fit, fit chap at, fit, at fifty-nine. Yeah. But going back to Joe O'Shea, he used to—he didn't think Johnny had a, um, a bank account and he used to come in to him twice a year when they'd sell the cattle and tell him look we to start saving up some cash because we come in with the cheque and he would get the money together for them but again he said they were happy living in the middle of nowhere where nobody knew their business and I think it was John Hennessy made the point that uh, Johnny was uh, a very quiet man uh, one of the witnesses, i may maybe the wrong person, I would he was sort of very socially shy. shy. Yeah. He kept himself more so than the other two. Sorry, that was it. It was actually Joe Shay said that. Yeah. He, he was shy and he did not like crowds. So... Um, kept himself, yeah. Kept yeah. To himself, yeah. Awesome. So we're still... None the wiser, I suppose, even though, as I say, John McGrath's evidence would suggest it was over timber and sale of land, but gardy certainly at the end of it couldn't say conclusively that that was the, the well, it. has been very
1: difficult for family members, many of them you just referred to there. It must be awful for them to attend and have to give evidence to such an awful tragedy and in an inquest.
2: Well, it is, but I suppose to be fair to Dr. Kennedy, he's quite sensitive to this. So he actually allowed the read reading their statements, or Dr. Oh, okay. Marie Toomey reading their statements, and then he would just go to them in the body of the court and say it's written there, there that you disagree, yeah. you want to change. So they didn't actually have most of them. No, some of the, the civilian, sorry, some of the friend witnesses, shall we say, rather than the immediate family, they did go to the witness box and uh, had their statements read out. But okay. the immediate family themselves didn't have to go through that. But you know, people are very conscious. I think in these situations of trying to make it as it's a very difficult experience anyway a, it's a sort of court setting so people aren't used to that and then obviously the nature of what you're dealing with is hugely yeah. emotional so people are sensitive to them in that sense and I think he was he's, he, I mean I've seen him do that but he was the same with the and you know the coroner in, in, in West Cork Frank O'Connell and Philip Commons yeah. do that as well when there are people who maybe they understand the a, grief, through yeah. a lot of trauma yeah. that you know the safe is ready and they're simply asked is there anything you want to from that yeah, before. so that I suppose made it a bit easier, but it's still not an easy day for any of them. You
1: know? Do you do you think it's very very sad? Actually, such was the fear at the time, you know, because of COVID and we were in lockdown, of course. But that five k rule, um it's so sad to hear that because my understanding of the five k at the time was that you could travel outside it in the event of an emergency or a family emergency like that. See the amount yeah, of confusion and what, fear there was back then. The people just didn't know.
2: No, I suppose. And it's been an extraordinary, whatever it is, nearly uh, 18 months. This is from March that day when Leo Varadkar came out in Washington and said, you know, and I remember... um,
1: 20 months now.
2: 20 months, yeah. I remember, you know... Looking at the the link road, uh, the, the N40 point on the tunnel, yeah. there was no traffic. The car was like a ghost on it. There some yeah. people... You know, we didn't know. We, I suppose the other thing was we were watching what was happening in Italy, in Bergamo, where there were army trucks bringing... That's out.
1: what people were seeing and living yeah, through at so the time. Was, we need to I remember that.
2: Even, even there were provisions made here to, you know... Um, Collins' barracks was being right. uh, potentially yeah. enlisted as a, as a morgue I know the provisional plans for a, a car park in the city could have been converted, we just didn't know so yeah, I was trying to figure out
1: Ordering, ordering in coffins, do you remember?
2: I was trying to figure out my own mind in March where we, where we were in um, where we were with COVID and, and 5k I, I couldn't get it, and I suppose to some extent as well, I've been fortunate in that because of my work we were exempted, so he wasn't sort of...
1: Uh, it wasn't as impacted as, he say...
2: it wasn't impacted on me as, as it would have been on others, I suppose.
1: You and know. more to the point, people in rural Ireland, like people the, the rural stories we're
2: just hearing 5K, 5K in rural Ireland isn't far, you know. It no, you no. Know, It doesn't get, get you too far. But, um, no, it was, it, it, it was a long, pretty goading day, but, they, you know, hopefully it's closed the chapter for the family. Yeah. And, uh, sorry, I should say as well that we heard from Detective Inspector. To me that a file had been sent to the DPP and the DPP um, had had directed no prosecution. That's protocol, the, though, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is. We heard at the time the Gardaí weren't looking for anybody else in connection with yeah. the two deaths. But as I say, a formal verdicts of unlawful killing returned in the case of Willie and Paddy, and then uh, suicide in the case of. Um, Johnny, just by way, you this know, was in terms of um, you know in terms of sort of if anybody has any issues, it's an issue with what we discussed, the Pieta House is on um 1800 247, 247 on the Samaritans. you can contact them by telephoning one one six one two three or emailing joe j o at Smartins, that I um, know it is a distressing case. And, um, you know, as, as um, the jury said, there are people suffering in silence up there. I think somebody else has a the headline. They won the papers today. That's for sure they have. And some go into the amount of
1: suicides in rural Ireland of late. Uh, and this makes for grim reading. Barry, thank you so much for covering it as sensitively as you did. Appreciate it as always. Thank you. I'll Barry Road, Southern correspondent with the Irish Times. Thank you. And he's helping me out with the uh, helpline numbers should you require them. Be at a house on 1800 eight hundred two four seven two. 247. 4, seven and the Samaritans on 116123. Back after the break, text 0868104106.
0: Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red
1: FM. Yes, indeed. Busy morning this morning. Very sadly, this text is very moving. It says, good morning, Neil. Your two top stories today are dealing with people who lived only less than a mile from each other. Marie Downey and the Hennessy Brothers were in adjoining townlands. There's a lot of sadness in our area today. And uh, thank you for that text. Um, our thoughts are with you all. And then uh, I like this. Thank you, Tim, for the text. He says, I'm turning you off. You're talking a load of SHIT over the past few days, especially when two teens have dropped dead in school settings within a week of each, week of each other. Um, uh, the spin You can spin this any way you want, but I have it on record, warning people on your station of the dangers of following government narratives regarding this experimental gene therapy. There's a new political political party in its inception to counter the state's narrative. We will be running candidates in the next election. Watch this space. Humanity has already won. I, I honestly, and I'm not being sarcastic, I honestly wish you the very best of luck if you're running uh, for national politics. And if there is a new political party, I'm all for that. Because I think we need that. And I hope there's an awful lot of uh, young people involved in it. And perhaps, uh, but with because clearly... We have politicians for many, many years who go into politics not carrying any experience with them of the job that they're given to do. Certainly ministerial portfolios, and you possibly say that about Taoiseach as well. Uh, so I think that's a good thing. I think we knew, need new blood and we need new political parties. Uh, I mean, it has been tried in the past, but they they all got snuffed out by the big two, although you, you could include Sinn Féin now clearly as being the biggest of the three. So good luck with that. I really mean that. I think we need. Uh, I think sometimes people confuse uh, my thoughts or my own beliefs or my own opinions with stuff that I deal with on the air from the point of view of trying to be balanced. Uh, it's not the easiest job in the world to do when it comes to balance, and you're only one program away from messing up, as the fellow says. Uh, but also, you know, when I cover stuff in newspapers, I remind people a lot of the time, this is what they're saying in newspapers. It isn't necessarily... Yeah, what I believe, I think, I think we 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 fixate an awful lot on COVID. I think we talk about it too much. I think it's too much part of the, the national narrative constantly. Other countries don't do it as much. Certainly in the UK they don't. If you listen to comparable media in the UK or even their newspapers or radio, they're not talking about it as much. But we seem to be absolutely fixated about it. That's just my own thought. And I understand that people are getting sick, and unfortunately people are dying. Uh, but um, you know, I think that at this stage in the game, we just need to move on. But but anyway, i uh, will probably get into trouble for even voicing a personal opinion. You know the nightclubs now have to close by midnight. But actually what nightclubs are going to do is they're going to open earlier. Um, partly guessed that this would happen. What kind of an effect it's going to have, I don't know. And will people go home at midnight after the nightclubs close? Who knows? Uh, but Copperface Jacks is posting online that they're going to open from 6 p.m. They have to close by midnight. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday starting from next Monday and right across next week. They're opening at six and they're closing at midnight. I wonder if that will happen here on Lee Side as well. So the shifting at Copperface Jacks will start earlier. 6 p.m. to midnight. What happens at midnight and where they go? I have no idea. A lot of texts and emails on different topics of conversation. I want to get to them, but just picking up on something from yesterday, I spoke to Pamela. She was talking about being inside in the city and she was pushing a buggy with the child in it down on one of the lanes off Oliver Plunkett Street. And she was talking about the state of the city. Never saw so much litter and drug paraphernalia. We posted on our social media. It's up on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, she says it's hit an all time high now. And, uh, What's going to be done to tackle the issue? Now, the conversation led then to a question that I asked, would an injection centre help with the cleanup of the city, giving addicts a safe place to shoot up? I was saying, if that happened, would that clean up the city and would it be a safer place for people to go? Because there's a lot of criticism that the city is unsafe, hasn't been safe for a long time at night, but others then are unhappy to go in, even during the day. So some calls on that, if you don't mind. Kieran joins me by phone. Kieran, good morning. Good morning. Neil. So, in response to that, you have the floor. What are your thoughts?
3: I, uh, I, I think personally that a shut-up place is just not acceptable. You know, it, it's, it's, it's almost making the the idea of shut up acceptable. You know, it, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a hardline drug that that it shouldn't, it shouldn't be like you know. It's, I don't know. We're entering a fucking an ep- sorry, my apologies. Right. We're entering an an, ep- an epidemic here you know it doesn't matter where you go in the country at this stage you go it cork limerick dublin you know it it's the same all over there's there's people shooting up and you know they're wasting their lives it's it's you no know, it's almost a cry for help and
1: you know yeah, i know and we and, and no listen i know i get what you're saying and and a lot of people know that but heroin is such a horrible horrible addiction that they're they're zombified and they're literally everywhere and Ar- everywhere and anywhere just crashing out shooting up so so we have to accept that they're going to continue to shoot up in the short term and that if there was an injection centre, they might get the help that you're talking about.
3: Well, I understand that, but I don't know. I don't. I personally don't believe that accommodating them is the right way to okay. go about it. Okay. What would you do? You'd round them all up and put them in jail, is it? Or, or what? I wouldn't put them in jail. I just think, you know, when they're, when they're at that level and they're on heroin, you know, there's something not right in their life. You know, there's no person happy that's on heroin. They're trying to, you know, you chat to a few people, they talk, talk to them and they would say, you know, they're just doing it because there's nothing else to be doing or they, they have nothing to live for. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's I, I, w- I wouldn't have them round it up. Like, well, I, I did comment yesterday on the page, all right, saying to round them up. But what you were I saying I round
1: we them up and put them into mandatory treatment, as in forced treatment, is that like... Yeah,
3: forced treatment, yeah. Locked them the up for cold day, turkey, is it? Yeah, for cold turkey, you know, it shouldn't be acceptable by any means, you know, because when, when they catch the people that are selling this stuff on the streets, they're getting, they're getting away with it. They're getting a slap on the wrist. You know, they're, they're informing on one or two other things and and there's, there's not enough being done. There's no real punishment for it. So they know they can get away with it. If they go to jail, you know, they, they can still smoke in jail. That's and that's the, the the cold hard truth. Like mm, you know, but mm. there should there needs to be uh, they need to have something for these people. Like it is, a te- it's a terrible thing, and you know, it's they they are victims at the end of it. The they are victims. Yeah, they're victims of the dealer. But you
1: said the government should be accommodating people to shoot up in an injection centre. They should be rounded I mean, up, mandatory treatment. Um, why are people thinking treatment. this dirty drug is acceptable? It needs to be stamped out. So that would involve the guards going around, literally, t- physically taking them off the streets and taking them somewhere to, as we used to say, yeah, dry out. Yeah,
3: I, I, I generally think that that's the right way to go about it. Like, people could argue that you know that, that there's not enough resources, but I think resources should be made for for such things. Like you know, if it is serious and they are serious. About dealing with this bad issue, like you know, there's a lot of people at risk from this. You know, you know, normal, normal, everyday people. You know, they might they might dabble in it, and that's them.
1: And do you do you visit the city? Do you walk around the streets?
3: I, I, you know what? I wouldn't. There's certain places you know to avoid. You know, I, I do visit the city. I be I, I work in Cork. I work in Dublin. I work in Limerick. You know, I travel all over, and it's, and how would you compare
1: worse? Cork with Dublin and Limerick?
3: It's it's on the same level. It is on the same level as uh, drug-wise. You know, it's well, Dublin's actually a bit worse. All yeah. right, and Limerick, Limerick have Limerick have actually started putting out needle injection bins to dispose of the needles. You know, don't get me wrong; it's it's a nice initiative. You know, in the sense of at least they're not going to be lying on the street. But at the same time, it's still. It as acceptable that that's you right
1: you're saying that it's giving out the wrong message that it's acceptable and that it's tolerated and you're saying yeah. we should not accept nor tolerate it there should be mandatory treatment let me get some text on this thanks for the call appreciate it karen waging a war on drugs has worked great so far because of, cause of dopes like you who can't see the bigger picture imagine this scenario an abundance of heroin drives the price down wherein also driving crime down Just for a fact, more or less, um, sorry, um, but talking to people like you is completely pointless. Wanting to round up people who make choices you don't agree with, what a lovely nation that would be. I hope you can make sense out of that. Um, Another one, why is it always someone else's problem? If people are so outraged, buy a picker and gloves and clean it up instead of blaming and contributing. Contribute instead to the solution. John says, I can't see the cow the consular at fault when they have... To send staff out to these places to clean them up after people are putting their own health at risk, um, but uh, there's another one. This is a real. This is the real Irish pandemic. This is what our government needs to fix. Addiction rates are through the roof. We're class A, um, and it's tearing Irish families apart. Uh, get rid of so many public bins and all the public toilets. That probably didn't help either. Cork's gone to the dogs, says Susan. It's absolutely disgusting. Oh, my God, there are pages of these. We Well, get used to it as people will be back on the streets drinking now and the gatherings will happen everywhere again because of the midnight closing. Just wait and see the dirt that will be around. Because, as you know, you can't catch COVID in the streets after midnight. But you can catch it in the pubs. The government should be ashamed of themselves. We're the laughing stock of the world. Uh, opening injection centres, it takes them off the street and makes treatment more available rather than leaving all this dangerous filth around. That's just a selection. There's lots more like that. We'll come back to calls after the break.
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Yeah, just
1: jumping in. I'm starting to see texts coming in now about uh, some c- parting that's going on uh, in areas of the city. I work in healthcare. I've just come from City Hall after getting my booster and driving through Ballafihan. I've seen a group of about 150 students in Christmas jumpers around the area of the Harp Bar. Why is this allowed to happen in the current climate? I'm all for fun, but this all seems to be a bit careless to me. Here's another one. Happy Christmas. No, I'm not going crazy. Uh, I was in a local pub last night when a young college lad uh, came in to collect his wages in the pub because he said it was Christmas Eve. Just a heads up more than anything, but obviously something is about to kick off. I think they do party at some stage um, earlier than Christmas, so obviously this is this is the week. Because I was sent some video footage uh, as well this morning from a, a massive, massive queue outside flannery's now i don't i can't say that this queue outside flannery's was last night it could have been last year it could have been two years ago but it was an enormous queue how all these people thought they were going to get into flannery's i have no idea but something clearly is kicking off today back after 10.
4: hey it's dave join
5: me weekdays from four for dave max drive where i'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home big hits loads of fun features and traffic info what more could you need join me weekdays from four
4: dave max drive
0: Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM.
1: Morning all. Uh, It's day four of our giveaways in association with the Douglas Village Shopping Centre. It's a very important day for them today because this day, 50 years ago, Douglas Village Shopping Centre in the heart of the village opened 50 years ago today, uh, November the 18th, 1971. So celebrating their 50th birthday, we have gift cards to give away every day. Not one, but two a day. And each of them, which means we have two winners, you'll win 200 Euro each, so two prizes, two hundred Euro gift cards that can be spent in the store. And as I say, it'll knock a bit of a dent out of Christmas for you if you're lucky enough to win one. So two hundred Euro gift cards. What's the drill? Well, we need you to identify the different parts of this short clip. It's a different one every day, and it's from a different year in the seventies. You know, so we're looking at the decade, of the seventies, clearly, because Douglas Village Shopping Centre opened in the early seventies. So we've had different years already. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and a brand new one today. So what do I want you to identify? Yeah, I do want you to tell me the year. But to help you to tell me the year, we have a song, we have a film, and we have an event. All right? A song, a film, and an event. I can say no more than that. So you need to identify those. And by doing so, the year. That these things happened. Have a listen.
6: You gave me a raise, thank you. I can't believe this. Well, well you better look first. got to look. It don't make no difference. You gave me a
1: raise. That's an important. Well, thing. It's only two fifty. So what?
7: Six thousand one hundred and fifty-one days ago, sharon went on the air for the first time.
1: This is tougher today, Mark, Yeah, because the actual event is a real tough one, I think, for people to grasp. There is there is this kind of a core connection to it, but I don't want to muddy the water. So um, the other bits are probably fairly straightforward, but the, the event is a tougher one today. So get working on that, lads, and I'll play it again a couple of times between now and a quarter to midday and open the phone lines. We need the song, the film, the event that happened, and the year that we're talking about. We also have another uh, giveaway uh, this morning, another €200, courtesy of ourselves and Grona-Brancher Credit Union. You need to know your north side. So I'll tell you more about that throughout the course of the morning. Uh, You not only will win €200, but you'll be in the running then next week to win an additional €3,000. So lots of cash and gift cards to give away this week. Lines open at 1850, 104 106 By text, nightclubs should never have been given the green light. The numbers were going to escalate full stop politicians were only playing the political game. They knew this was going to happen. We need to... Forgive me now, I'm not saying this. This is a text. We need to go into lockdown now. Well, we might be getting closer to it if what I'm hearing in and around the South Side with college students and jumpers and Christmas jumpers is anything to go by. Uh, But Frank says, I feel sorry for the College Road residents. When the students left nightclubs, they were tired and they went home. Now they'll just go back to house parties. Uh, Why close at 12 o'clock if the vaccinated are the only ones allowed in anyway? This is a fake virus. Uh, Another one or two, the more we comply, the more lives they'll destroy. For God's sake, enough is enough. And one here, the government are obviously worried now about the rise in numbers. I emailed you a while back telling you that COVID was rampant in schools and the HSE didn't contact anyone or the schools uh, when there was a case. We were receiving two emails a day from the school notifying us of positive cases only because the parents rang the school to let them know. I arrived at Dublin Airport yesterday. I didn't have to produce a vaccine cert. I didn't have to produce a locator form. you got to ask yourself why. Um, just going to say this, uh, and I'm begging the government to have us shut down now because everyone can see there's a lockdown on the way. Do it now. I do understand this virus is unpredictable From from what I see, People who have got the vaccine think they can live as they did before the pandemic. I know people who wouldn't take the vaccine because, as we all know, this is a trial vaccine. I don't hear anyone talking about that. We're in stage four of this trial. No one will know what the actual real side effects of the vaccine are for 10 years. Now, here's where my argument is. The people who are vaccinated are getting sick from COVID and the figures are being distorted. Or, if you like, they're cooking the books. It's very easy to play with numbers. It's one of the easiest things since time began. I could do a poll today and I can make the numbers look whatever way I want them to. It's all about how the questions are asked and how you then give the same figures to the public. All I can say is the people who are not vaccinated are actually taking this pandemic more seriously than the people who took the vaccine. Uh, who think that they can now live like before coronavirus was a thing? That's an excellent text, actually, because, you know, it has to be said that not everybody who's taken, has refused to take the vaccine is nuts. The vast majority of them. I mean, like, I mean, who's to say any of us are, are nuts or sane? But I think an awful lot of people who didn't take the vaccine have reasons for not taking the vaccine and are probably, in fairness to them, being a lot more careful than those that actually did take the vaccine. Your thoughts on that are welcome, text 0868104106. Uh, I've got loads of texts and emails to get through, but calls are very important as well. Judy, good morning. Good morning. This is great to talk to someone as an eyewitness. So you're outside the Harp Bar in Balafihan. What do you see?
7: Oh, my God. It's just unreal. They're up Polar Duff Road. I suppose there must be seven or 800 people there, if not more.
1: What are they doing and who are they? Describe them to me. Are they, st- are they young?
7: students? All students dressed in their Christmas jumpers and shouting and roaring and people hooting at them and singing. And I've never seen anything like are they in my life.
1: Are they queuing? I have a photograph here in front of me of outside the harp bar. Um, are they queuing to get in there? There seems to be a queue.
7: They're queuing, but as far as I can see, the door is locked the front door is locked
1: yeah because it's too early for a pub to open yet that's probably the reason why
7: probably and they're getting dropped off in taxis mothers are dropping them off I've never seen anything like it
1: and are they all up close cheek to jaw, no masks kind of thing yeah
7: every one of them are up close I'd say there must be maybe five people with masks on the rest of them are all just literally up on top of one another shouting and waiting for the queues to move probably
1: and have they brought cans as well somebody's telling me by text here I don't have in front of me but that there there are cans everywhere
7: there is a few they're mostly um litre bottles of stuff depending I suppose on what's in them
1: what do you think is in them
7: more than likely it's probably something like vodka nealer.
1: yeah okay I see I can see something. up close now all of the different Christmas jumpers and everything is this yeah,
7: uh, is this time of the year?
1: really and it's, it's it's male and female right I'm seeing an awful lot of, I'm seeing an awful lot of guys but I'm sure that there are women and there are girls in there summer, are there there is there
7: okay. is girls there as well I can't believe the amount of people
1: you're saying hundreds
7: oh yeah easily
1: is there any guard presence there
7: not that I've seen, but the amount, to the, the ones who are the best um, thing at the moment is the taxis, the amount of taxis that are coming and dropping them off.
1: Ah, uh, <laughs> yes, I have, I have another video here now, I'm seeing a lot of girls. Mother of God, those girls must be frozen with the cold.
7: Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I get the dress sense these days and the fashion sense, and I'm all for that, but Jesus it would be cold.
7: Oh, definitely. And like there's a boy after pulling up now, he has a litre bottle of 7-Up and a litre bottle of oxygen.
1: Is this an annual event at this time of the year, do you know?
7: I have never in my life
1: seen it before. Okay, now we've We've been calling the harp bar over and over and over again, but um, they're not picking up, so they're obviously prepping for opening. They're going to have their hands full this morning, that's for sure.
7: Oh my God, without
1: a doubt. And a lot of them are coming in taxis, but others are being dropped off by their parents.
7: Oh they are. And do you have I'm a problem do you have a problem?
1: problem do you have a problem with this?
7: I actually do because my father is living in the neighborhood. He's an elderly man and like we're all worried about COVID and we're trying to keep away from everyone if we can. Trying to keep him safe. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. like I see them now already. There's um Coleman's garage. There's two boys gone in there now urinating. So <sighs> like this is only what 10
1: o'clock in the morning they're drinking at this hour and waiting for the pub to open at this hour I think they celebrate Christmas early oh my gosh yeah I think that's what it is it's some sort of a Christmas shindig that they have it's possibly every year I think it may well be something they do every year early you know, maybe that video footage from Flannery's was uh, last night, and it was a warm up for it. You know, huge queue there as well. It, w- it, w- it won't, it won't help COVID numbers, sure it won't. I hate being an old fuddy duddy, but it, it probably won't.
7: And I hate being a fuddy duddy as well. But at the same time, we're all trying to keep safe, Neil, and trying to trying to work things out as possible.
1: Is that, as that as is possible. the queue? Is the queue moving at all now, or is it getting longer? No.
7: No, the queue is up now, past um, Tom Hickey's fireplace.
1: Is that a long, long way back, there. it is?
7: It's not that far, I suppose, but it is a long queue.
1: Okay, okay. All right, listen, Judy, thanks for taking the time out to call in. I do appreciate you taking the call. Cheers.
8: No problem. All
1: right, take care of yourself. All right, anybody Bye. can add anything to that, please do. There's... Obviously, people who will be very annoyed about it, but others, but obviously, will be also there to support the students and say, perhaps, maybe they need to do a bit of socialising. You know, if you were a twenty-something and you had two years robbed out of your life, maybe you'd have had enough of it as well. So, do text on that text, oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I just take a quick one this side of uh, this side of a break and talk to Morris after the break. Jonathan, well, good morning. Dave,
9: Hello.
1: Yeah, go for it, Mar- Can you hear me, all right, Jonathan?
9: You, yeah, I can hear you perfectly. You're not you're, not
1: you're not, by any chance out at the heart bar or anything, no? I'm not, I'm not I'm actually at work. Okay, you're not heading there, you just want to support the students, is it? No, I wouldn't mind heading there, though. All right, well, fair play to you for your honesty. Anyway, just the point you wanted to make is that anybody that criticises criticizes them as just being a Grinch.
10: Yeah, like, it's. You know, we're two years with this now, you know, people have to go back to living their lives. I understand it's, you know, get over and all of it, like, it's bad and all of it like most of them vaccinated
1: now is it yeah I know I know that but you know it doesn't mean because you're vaccinated you can't push pass it on you know listen I'm as fed up of it as you are to be absolutely honest with you but if they're asking everybody to knuckle down for a fortnight it should be everybody shouldn't it well like
10: they're saying a fortnight but they
1: said that six months ago ah, sure, it? I know I know I know I know yeah so if this leads to another spike or an increase in people contracting the virus so be it
10: is it no i'm not saying that at all god but like for two years of this now like i can like young people they're they're getting their lives robbed off of.
1: yeah now oh, it's been two years of hell for them at the most important time of their life as well when they should be out socializing getting on with their life having fun with their mates i understand all of that but how in the name of god do they all expect to get into the harp bar they're not all going to get in oh well that yeah I know that but so what's the point in all hanging out like that there's like there's no way I mean if they got a do you, I don't know the bar, do they have, a, do, you have a, do they have a massive marquee or
10: something like there's five I, I don't know I don't know myself of, chat. Yeah.
1: so will you do anything differently now uh, over the next couple of weeks will you socialise will you go pubbing or if a nightclub opened at 6 o'clock would you go I, uh,
10: I probably would yeah yeah
1: yeah. alright my man, ok, appreciate the call stop being a grinch, people just want to have fun we've had two years of this, back after the break
0: The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter, at NeilRedFM that's the
1: problem when you send lots of different videos, you don't know whether the dates are right them on or not, but I believe this one is accurate it's an advert that was put up by the party company which says, UCC Christmas Day, 15% off all students in store with student ID for your Christmas hats and other essentials for the big day Um, I'm told that today is the unofficial Christmas Day for UCC. And that's why you're seeing these uh, big numbers gathering at the Harp Bar and possibly other places. So that's just the way of it today is their party day when big numbers will gather. Uh, if you have anything to share on that text, 0868104106. If the government introduce, introduces this new lockdown, then businesses must take a class action against them for failing to sort out the hospital crisis, says Paddy. The way to stop parties after the bars close is to close the off licenses. I know people will be out of work for Christmas and off licenses, but it's only for a short time. Our health is more important. There's no place like home for Christmas with a warm fire and the house decorated. Thank God I don't drink. There's many more like that. Those uh, who have just had enough and those that believe that we should stay the course. And there's also those that believe we should never have taken this seriously in the first place. Uh, So get involved in that. Text 0868. 104, Um You can also email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Okay, um, I will come back uh, to lots of different calls and texts in a few minutes. time. Do you want me to go there or do you want me to pop down and below it? It's up to you. I can wait and wait for a line number. I've got it. Okay, thank you for that. appreciate it. We're under, we're under pressure because we've got a lot of balls in the air on this morning. On oh, you, good morning.
7: Hi, Neil. How are you?
1: I, I knew you'd take a call because you're always at the end of the phone. So you have, you're have you the owner of the Harp Bar. What's going on?
7: Listen. They're students, okay? Yeah. This is a yearly event. Yeah. Now, we, we can't control how many come to the door, but we can control on how many we cap coming in. Yeah. There will be a cap on students. We do work closely with the neighbours. Yeah. We will have people out gathering up rubbish. We have no control of what the students bring with them okay. from wherever they're coming from. Yeah. I will, the place will be respected. COVID certs will be checked. If they don't have a COVID cert matching ID, they will not be allowed inside the premises.
1: So just on that point, you're doing more than just checking the COVID cert. You're checking it with independent photo ID.
7: Yes. Okay. Yes. Because there could yes. be a case yes. that cause some people yes. are using There's others. You know? a case. Yes, exactly. And if the ID isn't matched up, it will not, they will not be allowed in.
1: Okay. What time are you opening at?
7: We don't open our doors until 10.30.
1: Okay. So you'll be opening now in a few minutes time. How many's outside?
7: I'm not sure how many is outside. I'm actually inside at the minute getting ready to head to college myself.
1: Right, okay. But you're you're fully prepped for them. Are there is there an event on? What can they expect in no, the harp?
7: They, well, they can just expect a, a, a good time and, you know, there will be no rules broken and we will work closely with the neighbours on this.
1: Yeah. And how many do you think will get in? Somebody said there could be five, six, seven hundred of them outside. How no, many?
7: No, we're, cap, we're capping it at 250 on the premises. Okay. Inside okay. and outside. And how
1: will you control them? They're already drinking outside. They have vodka bottles it's and said, everything.
7: Yes, yeah, we can't control what they bring to the bar, only that it will be confiscated off the premises. All
1: right. OK, and will you be able to keep them away from the bar counter and stuff? And how, how will you have you got? Well they're,
7: they're, well, they're quite entitled to go to the bar to take their drink and take it back outside.
1: OK, so they'll be inside and out. Do you have a marquee outside? Yeah. Have you got a beer garden?
7: We, we have um, we have three separate outside areas. Yeah.
1: And you are you are aware that the, the guidelines or the advice is not yeah, to have Christmas.
7: is we were given the advice nearly two years ago that if we shut in the March we would be reopened in the June and we're going into two years
11: I know That's so right, so listen. my
7: parents are cancer patients I don't want to bring anything back to them either I know. but mental health in this country has gone out of control and they're trying to take people's lives Away from them. Let them have their fun under controlled circumstances. Okay,
1: okay, but the, they're but doing the no m-
7: harm. They're not. They're not doing any. If anyone is messing around in neighbours' gardens or anything, they don't get into the bar. We work closely in the neighbourhood around us with. Regarding but how will it be later area. on this
1: afternoon or tonight when they're but out?
7: We, we have doormen. We have security. We have full staff.
1: But well, you don't think that this will lead on to to house parties or people that's getting no, grief around the magazine control. road, people, college?
7: That's, that's out of my control, where people decide to go. Are your regulars going to go to a house party? Out of my control as well. You know, why are the students just being targeted for house parties? It's not just students.
1: You you know that the advice was not to have any Christmas parties. In fact, the front page of the Red Tops this morning, yeah, Tony Hooran saying cancel them.
7: the advice, yes. Yeah. But there's no law in not having one. There's no law if you want to have one. There's no law being broke. That's under advice. People, as I say, will follow the guidelines within our premises. And if they don't, they will not be getting in.
9: But it would seem from
1: the videos and the photographs that they're not even following protocol outside. I mean, they're all but up you against know, each- you.
7: Know when you're outside, you don't have to wear a mask.
1: Yeah, but they're very, you know, they're on top of each other. You know what I mean? Are there any gar- yeah, are there? And- are there any the, guards The guards
7: are here now at the minute while I'm on the phone to you. I and mean, like, is there, are we the only pub that's allowed students in? I don't think so. Are the guards down with them? Are the residents complaining there? It seems to be constant down at the harp.
1: Right. Okay. And have you been have you been checked by the HSC? Do the guardy call? We
7: had, yes, we've been checked by both. Our books have been checked by HSC, or that everything is in order. We're keeping the contact trace and forms. Everything.
1: Okay. Okay. And did the guards call recently?
7: They're here now.
1: Yeah. But were they there before? Like, do they go in from time to time?
7: Oh, they do go in from time to time. Yes.
1: Okay. Okay. So you don't think that you're in any way adding to the problem by opening your front door at half ten?
7: Listen, we're not okay. discriminating against anyone who wants to drink inside our bar if they have no reason not to be in here. Y-
1: yeah, but this is kind of very They're different at there. half past ten on a Thursday morning, like. Well,
7: how many? How many early morning pubs is there, Neil?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
7: How many people go to an early
1: morning pub? Yeah, I, well, I know, and maybe it's happening in other pubs as well. And we, well, and we, yeah. yeah, We need to we need to be able to get on with their lives. But there, there, are people will say that you have that many people inside in a pub um, at this hour of the day, it will lead to a spike in numbers and people but will how, get sick. How
7: will it lead to a spike? They're either in a pub or they're in a house. At least pub, they're in a controlled environment. Okay. In a house, they're up on top of each other. Right,
1: you won't be feeding them or anything like that, no?
7: No, we might throw out finger food to them. We'll have to see our order of food, in for them, we'll see. Okay, do but they? As I say it will be a cap of two hundred and fifty students. Two hundred and fifty is it? Yes, both right. inside and outside. Okay,
1: and do they pay to get in or anything like that?
7: No, they don't. No. Nope.
1: Okay, all right. And you're obviously got a lot of staff on. Yes. Okay.
7: And your staff.
1: Okay, thanks for taking the call. Anya, appreciate it. I'll let you get on. Cheers for now. Take care. That's Anya from the Harp Bar. And they're just about to open the doors now. If they haven't done so already, it's... uh 28 minutes to 11. Uh, Opening time is half past 10. Um, Just let me take a break if you don't mind. I hope Maria can hold on.
0: Call the Neil Prenderville show now. 1850 104 106
1: Red FM. Hi, as Johnny says, I thought students were poor and needed food banks, Neil. Well, that was the story from uh, some weeks back with regards to penny dinners, putting food banks into UCC. And I guess, you know, a story like this this morning doesn't help that, uh, that narrative if you like. But I'd imagine that you could have, you know, two different uh, universes going on there. Those that party and, and spend big money on booze and those that can't and need food banks. Um, it doesn't help the storyline. Anyway, your thoughts are welcome on a text 0868-104-106 should students be partying in the big numbers that they are this morning. Uh, the Students' Union at UCC don't talk to me. They refuse to talk to me. I think it's because of... Uh, uh, people being critical of, of students over the past couple of years and many of the stories that we covered on the College Road. It's unfortunate. I mean, I've tried to contact them a number of occasions and they're just not interested in talking to me anymore. Uh, so I can get the Students' Union um, perception on all of this or their thoughts on it. But then again, you don't know who's in that queue. It could well be students. Maybe it's not. It could be people from... Um, you know other walks of life be, besides students, but I imagine a fair proportion of them probably are. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Pick up the phone on one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Maria, thank you. You've been very patient. Good morning.
7: Good morning. How are
1: you? Okay, you're a mum of a nineteen th- year old college student. Yeah. Yes, nineteen okay. year old college. student. Okay, go yeah. ahead. You have you have the floor.
7: Yeah. Um, what I just want to say is that I feel that everybody has been very unfair on the students. I do feel that. They have been one of the most the groups that have been most affected by this whole pandemic. My daughter turned eighteen, didn't get to do her leaving cert, didn't get to go on her holiday. We have her dead dress still hanging in the wardrobe that she never got to wear. Yeah. So you know, she's actually her whole first year of college was spent online at home. Yeah. So like things started to open up and they started to be able to go back out. But as a nineteen-year-old, she's had one night in a nightclub. She went out last week and couldn't get in anywhere. They've raised the age group um, to 21s and 23s in most places. You mean the, the
1: entry now is 23 in some, but 21 it's, definitely in all?
7: In, in not in all, but bar one or two. Right. But majority of places. Like she queued up last week to go into one particular place to meet her boyfriend who was in there and she wasn't allowed in because she's 19. You know, so yes, I, I know. just feel that. You know, they are, like, listen, I'm not disputing that there's a pandemic and that COVID spreads. I'm not disputing that at all. But I just feel that uh, it's a constant target on the students. We did jazz weekend a couple of weeks ago where people, adults, were pouring out of clubs, pouring out of pubs, jam-packed.
1: We saw the Aviva for rugby and also for there soccer. And I'm told, and never mind what was going on inside in the Aviva. I'm told that the Lewis was like sardines in a tin.
7: And that's what I'm saying. It is going on everywhere, but I just feel that every time, it's always about the students. They're always around. Oh, you kind of
1: have to. Wrong. You kind of have to report on the stories, nonetheless. You know, and there's nothing oh, you can do
7: about that. I, I get that a hundred percent. But what I'm saying is, where was the stories on the jazz weekend? You know, what the clubs are coming out now, giving out that they're being closed down. But two weeks ago, you didn't want the students in there.
1: You know, it's probably the reason why parents are dropping their sons and daughters off to the harp in cars this morning because they feel they just know, like you, you do. Know,
7: you know, like, what about them? Like, this is, we've all had the experience as adults of doing all these things and growing up and doing them. We've all done them. And yes, we are in a pandemic, but as I said, why is it always the students? Why wasn't it the jazz weekend? Why wasn't it the rugby?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I I get what you're saying with regards to somebody 18 plus up to maybe mid 30s, whatever, you know, they certainly the 20 somethings. They've been robbed of the most formative and fun years of their life. And and maybe maybe that's why, because like maybe everybody's just had enough of it and we should just call it a day and say, okay, we're just going to have to open up and just let things go. And, maybe, and,
7: or maybe, you know, put, like, you know, if the, if those clubs that were doing Christmas nights are doing them, why are they restricting the younger children, the younger students? Because of course then, they're all going to congregate in one place that lets them get in. Like, you've all first and second year students who cannot go to those club nights because they're not allowed in, because they're not over 21. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's you, a pub down the road that's going to let them in. Of course they are... So
1: that pub is not being irresponsible in your book, no?
7: No, I don't think it's been irresponsible. I think... You know, like, is the club tonight that are letting them in? They're not being ridiculed on the radio for leaving people in. Which club? Were, any of the clubs that are on tonight that are doing the Christmas night tonight. Yeah, the UCC Christmas night. Yeah, Day, but yeah. it's kind of
1: it's kind of half past ten on a Thursday morning outside the Harp Bar in Balafihan, waiting well, for the pubs to I open do. with vodka bottles in their hand. I think it's a I, it, it's somewhat different.
7: Well, like, yeah, I do agree with that part. I do, and it's probably not the best look in the whole world. I get that. So those but students ask- could
1: those students could go home. It could rip through the heart bar, right? Say it rips through the heart bar, and they mm-hmm. go home, and they bring it home, and they shut down the entire house for five days. That's, that's a but consequence. It,
7: but we're adults not doing that in the jazz weekend. Going out, picking up COVID, coming home, passing yeah. on to your family and your kids, and house being shut down for 14 days as well.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah.
7: You yeah. know? Yeah. So look, like I said, it's not perfect, but I just feel that they are the group that are constantly targeted.
1: Okay. Well, forgive me for for being part of that if I am. I'm just reporting on the story and what's happening. I
7: understand you're reporting it, but as I said, it just seems to be constantly them and it's just unfair.
1: And what do you expect them to do? Yeah. Okay. Nice one. Thanks, Maria. David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Okay. You're also wondering about um, the food banks at UCC. Is that right?
12: Yes, I just heard it on the radio in the past couple of weeks and the papers that a lot of students are... Heading independent penny and food banks for for, the, for, um, for for to get something to eat because they don't have enough money to to feed themselves. But, yeah. like, um the reason they have the enough money to feed themselves is because they're, they're buying plenty of vodka for it, I'd imagine. Yeah, but you don't know that. I mean, you you well, don't, you well, like the some, money, some of those the bottle that money from for the vodka. A, a bottle of vodka is about 25, 25 or 30 euros a bottle.
1: Yeah, but sure, if you got a bottle of vodka, it would last you the day.
12: You know, so it's like Bonavage you know, my, is probably Some people there My dad Some people there Maybe two or three hours But like I <laughs> know I certainly wouldn't be Driving my children To a pub at half At in the morning anyway
1: Well maybe you're not A parent of a 20 something Whose life's been robbed of him, And the parents can see it Through yeah, their son it, or it, daughter's eyes
12: five, I find a son or daughter Right now 20 years of age And they said It could have dropped me down To the half hour uh, n- n- Not a whole plan That would I do it No maybe if the, It was five o'clock in the evening A reasonable time To go for a drink but I can't say, I don't see any uh, point, or logic in going into the pub at half as ten. I mean, that's because
1: you're—that's because you're not a, someone in their early twenties in college with lots of buddies that me, you well, want to hang out me, with. Me,
12: I take a drink and a, a, a lot of white friends. Ah, yeah, but 10. for
1: God's sake, in fairness, we're way beyond that age. We're not in our twenties yeah, anymore. When we were, yeah, we, yeah, we, we did the do things, a, and when we were, we did the things that they're doing.
12: We don't. We, no. We we didn't go at at ten o'clock in the morning. Up. Not, oh, we never done that we go in the afternoon at night time like, but not as they have as nine. cure up in the morning like, that's totally ridiculous now I wonder uh, what will happen later on in the evening when they're all stores are drunk and they head up to Magazine Road and College Road like, they might uh, they, might. Uh, they and, might and what kind of damage will you do on the way home we'll know that in the, we'll the know camp. that in the
1: morning I suppose
12: yes right correct so it's not right like I mean they, these people out, that woman out, the College Road Residents Association We'll probably be on you tomorrow morning, complaining be about bins being overturned and then urinating and the girls and all this thing tomorrow morning, like. Catherine Clancy.
1: Yeah. The guards are at the Harp Bar, but they're not telling people to leave or anything, I believe. Do you think that they should do something? I mean, I'm mostly hearing that it's starting to happen with queues on Barrack Street now as well. So what should the guards
12: do? I don't think... I, don't, I, 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 I would imagine... I would imagine, like, if you're standing to go to, to a bar for a drink, I suppose, really, there's no... Law saying you can't do that place. What's the girls really can't do anything under?
1: Well that's what the Harper's saying. They're saying they're limiting it limiting it to two hundred and fifty people. Everybody has to have double vaccination. They have to have their QR code, their cert and independent photo ID. There's no law broken here.
12: Well they will say plenty of money, I mean, because to get a taxi you know, like I don't know where they're coming from. But I mean a taxi will cost you fifteen, twenty eight or three So you don't buy that. you don't buy you don't
1: buy into the story of students being hungry in UCC then?
12: Well if they if they if they if they're hiding three penny dollars they're not a the fool banks, we're uh, they're, they're kinda of telling us like that uh they haven't got the money to feed themselves, but they have plenty of money
1: for drink. Okay, you think that they're getting the food for free so they can supplement uh, their drink bill? Correct. Okay. Correct. All right, David, cheers, appreciate that. The Baldy Barber also says a few weeks ago they were collecting money because the students had no money for food. Now they're queuing outside a pub to go drinking. Uh, you won't see hard-working people queuing at this hour of the day to go drinking. Let's get real, please, says the Baldy Barber. They will eventually become the hard-working people of the next generation and the generation after that. And they're just sick to death of it all. I mean, I'm not saying in any way, shape, or form that it won't re- result in a in a spike or won't rip through their families. It might, um, but God Almighty, um, whatever we've been doing heretofore certainly hasn't worked. Double vaccinating healthy people doesn't seem to have worked. For God's sake, lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. I have line uh, six there. Can I just have a name, Rory? Good morning.
4: Good
1: morning, Neil. Okay, go ahead. Just ahead of the break, what's on your mind?
13: Yeah. What I'm saying, there, Neil, is. Um Look, when it's just all the Halloween like. There's another one in December, you know. These these young people, they should be not left into a bear at this old morning. Two hundred and fifty with until Christmas, Christmas uh, 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 jackets and whatever. Yeah, they should be left at home. No, I know you need. I know. I know you a long time. I was son, Luke, and you have a son, Luke. Yeah, he's in the front line. Yeah. And he pulled up with it last week, you know, which is unfair. But no, what I'm saying, that woman there who was on the phone, she's a, I, know, I don't know the woman from Adam, but she should be living, leaving people in like that this hour of the morning.
1: Yeah, but like, you see, it's a, a public man, house. They, can, man, open man, the, they man, can open man, they can open their
13: doors man. at half ten. At half ten. It's too early for young people at yes, students. Junes. I don't know where they get the money from. That's their own business. Maybe their parents are dropping them off here and there or whatever. But there, it's too early to be opening their doors.
1: You think that yeah. they shouldn't, when they see 500 people outside of this, they should keep the doors closed?
13: Exactly. Uh, you, you got them on there, go, to go. All right. You say, well, the cops just the send them all home. Like that man said oh, like, you know, God knows the damage they do tonight when they
1: come out of the pub. We'll have to wait and see what happens tonight then and have a report on that in the morning. All right, yeah, thanks. No, but
13: like, my son and daughter, they're in Murphy's Rock, but that wouldn't happen up there.
1: In Murphy's Rock?
13: Have a drink up there, Neil. The yeah, it's a know? bit...
1: Well, I don't think it would happen because it's a bit far from the college, you see, or a bit far... Yeah, from you t-
13: see, but that's the problem, like. That man was right there, yeah, what he's said, did a miserable all to tonight, like. there should be letting into a pub this whole tomorrow,
0: Neil. All right, they okay. Should, should not be, like.
1: Okay, all right, thanks for that. Back after the break, text 868
0: Talk to Neil Printerville now. 18-51-04-106, Red FM. Yes, um,
1: Lucas says, "You see, it is UCC Christmas Day today. However, I believe a few years back, UCC actually officially severed ties with the official UCC Christmas Day thing. So it's an unofficial day. UCC will distance themselves from any of the caffling." That happens today. Thank you for that. And more people are sending me uh, WhatsApp videos and what have you from the events this morning. Um, how in the name of God, all of those people in that queue, everything they're going to get in. Uh, an awful lot of them, I'd say maybe uh, 70 or 80% of them will be disappointed if the heart bar complies. Well, what they've said, they're going to comply with 250 people fully checked. Anyway, also, Vincent makes the point. Anya from the Harp Bar said, you have to consider the mental health of these students. Vincent says, so sitting in the pub all day drinking is good for your mental health now, is it? So thank you for that. Uh, text 0868 How am I doing? Okay, we'll get another couple of calls on. Tom, good morning.
14: Good morning,
13: Neil.
1: Okay. Um,
14: First off, I think you're fairly and half hour because the same scene has been replicated all over the city. I know at the moment, I I'd imagine, like, every other pub will be open as well today.
1: It could it could well be the case, in fairness. We could see Barrack Street yeah. the same. We could see the Bandit Road the same. No, yeah, Maybe some of the early morning pubs already were the same. I don't know.
14: Yes, yes. Of course they are. Of course they are. Anyway, that's getting away from my... So, no, but so
1: in in actual fact, there's nothing the Harp Bar can do about this. They are allowed to open at half ten. They can have 250 people checked on the
4: premises. So get over it. it.
14: It's their business, and they run their business well.
1: They
14: run a very good business there. Right. And that is their business. That is The same as as being on the radio is yours. That's their livelihood. That's how they make their money.
1: Yeah, yeah.
14: Okay. And that's, they put a big investment into that place.
1: I know, optically, though. Look, I know, yeah. But look, just looking at the, the photographs of 500, 600, 700, i got a video of a car yeah. driving past filming it. And the, the car is moving along at 30 kilometres an hour. And there's 30 seconds of videos of the queue. So you can imagine there could be a thousand people trying to get in there. Does
14: God be the scene? You were you already, uh, already told by the provider that. There's only 250 going to be allowed in. Mm, mm. It doesn't matter if there's 10,000 outside. That's a public. That's a public order. That's a public order issue. That's that's that Gardner should be doing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Issue, It's not an issue for the people that own the barrel, like. Yeah, I know. Under, uh, under any circumstances
1: yeah no okay I mean it's, there's others there's yeah. others agree with you there somebody time. I'm not calling not out I'm not calling out the heart bar but somebody says well it's uh,
4: evidently you are because you
14: seem to uh, it's the only bar that you've mentioned today it's because it's uh, the uh, only uh, video uh, footage uh, that uh, I've when, been when, sent when, when, Orny, when Orny was on and when Orny was on and she said uh, what about students mental health you just put in a snidey remark sitting in a pub all day is good for your mental health
1: I didn't say, say that no person? hang on a second Tom I read out Did a text. I read out a text of somebody who said that.
14: Well, you... You're okay. It's a, it's
1: just a, like you're so allowed... Just great. like you have the... Just like you have the pleasure of being how 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 on the air. Other people have the pleasure of hearing their texts read out on the air. I well, mean, quite, like... Yeah. That's quite that, That's quite good. I think, I think we've come to a situation now where it's absolutely completely pointless even trying to give people messages anymore because... Uh, sections just aren't listening, and it's unfair on those that are listening. So, what are we going to do going forward now?
14: I I just heard. With just Christmas had a, coming. Yeah. I just heard a guy there a while ago saying that you wouldn't see this over on Muffley's Rock. Did they, I did they hear that right? Yeah. Yeah. And you said that's because it's a bit far away from the colleges. And he turned around and said, that's the problem. Which means that if we was closer
1: to the to the colleges, that crowd would be welcome. Um, there's no law being broken. Well, I'm not saying this. Say, I'm right? not saying that there's a law been broken. I mean, we have to look at it through the eyes of the people that live in Ballyfeehan. There, probably,
14: yeah, there I mean, probably is a public order
1: law being broken. No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. They're they're not break. They're not they're not fighting. They're not shouting and roaring. There might be a public order issue if they're drinking, but I don't know whether that's ever imposed. But
14: well, you. They're uh, calm. Uh, so, someone, said, someone said earlier that there was about whatever, in the crowd, like so they are drinking, obviously.
1: Uh, is it your point that if they are offenders at all, they're not the only offenders, is it?
14: Well, yeah, certainly not. Not very long track. Not very long track. But that wasn't the reason I rang I, I rang the program anyway. What I, what I rang the, the, the program about was the, the distinct lack of compliance around the city, the centre of the city. It's just absolutely disgraceful. How, why would it's you have it?
1: to be compliant on the, on the... Are you talking about it, outdoors or indoors? I'm talking about indoors. Right, OK. I'm talking about
14: indoors. I'm talking about going to pennies today, right? Yeah. They're up on top of each other's backs. Inside of. Now, security is all, as obviously been told to step back because there's people walking in there without masks, there's people walking in there without masks. Have you wait a second? Days. Days.
1: Have you actually seen that? Yes. Okay.
14: Certainly. Right. Most definitely. Most definitely. And the same across the road in Dun Stores. I actually saw two. Of the managers of the Stores going up and the travelator there the other. Day when I was coming down and the other, i bought both in masks and under their noses. So what is the
1: point of all of this? They told us that we'd get vaccinated, you'd be double jabbed and you get a booster in the winter and all would be well. People did all of that. They all complied with all of that. They all did what they were told. They all saw people in the rugby match. They saw them at the soccer match. We see them outside of the heart bar. What's the point then in being compliant anymore? Because it's those that aren't that are, you know, people are giving grief to people who are unvaccinated. It's probably fair to say that those that were unvaccinated are more careful than anybody else. It's pointless now.
14: We might as well give up in all respects If that's the case. If there's rules and regulations, yeah, we have to obey them. If we give up on them,
1: does society break down? But you have those that do and those that are and those that don't and those that aren't. I so
15: what's
14: I the... I those transgressors, and I, I, say, this, I say this without fear of being challenged, those transgressors... In the centre of the city at the moment are the barbers.
1: Barbers. Yes. Wrote it out. <laughs> You've seen it with and your own eye. What like what? Again you're back to No Masks, is it?
14: Yes. Yes. And no 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 issue of complaints at all. I'll just give you an example. I went into here the uh, barbers that I've gone into for years last Saturday. Now there's bench seats there with prospects dividers which means that each of the bench seats one on either side three people can sit down on them now there was probably a meter between these two sets of benches when I sat down there was two guys outside the door drinking coffee when I went in one of the bar was finishing I went out to the door and called the two guys outside yeah men. so what's wrong
13: with that one of
1: them, yeah
14: one of them sat down on the barber shop uh, chair. The other fella sat down on in a vacant chair next to me with no mask and drinking coffee, right? I was okay. I was waiting for them, the Babel to say something about the owner, the proprietor, to say something about it, but nothing was
1: said. Yeah, but, Dick, if yeah. You get a COVID checker will ring you and say, well, if you were less than 15 minutes sitting next to somebody who had COVID, you're probably okay. So, like, you're in and out and gone. No? It's more than 15 minutes.
14: Oh, well, it's more than uh, okay, minutes, well, right? all right. Now, the door, the door opened. Listen, no, we're
1: okay, here. it's the just I've room. only got about 30 seconds. Anyway, Tom, go ahead. Yeah.
14: yeah. The, the door opened, and two guys walked in, sat down in one cubicle with no mask on, and the Babel, the proprietor, all the other was done nothing about it. They just have done That's why. That's what we have disposed of as far okay. as people are misbehaving.
1: Okay, my man, thank you so much. Back after 11 at 1 850 You can text 0868
3: Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. and wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens.
0: Get it off your chest. Call Neil (laughs) Prenderville now. 1850-104-106 Red FM. Happy
1: birthday to our beautiful daughter Holly Violet Green in Mallow today. Happy 14th birthday for you. She's so loved by all of us and we'll celebrate with you on Saturday with lots of love from mum, your best buddy Mike and your sister Robin. They say they love you very much. Have a great day today. Right, we've got a lot of giveaways and competitions and bits and pieces to do between now and midday and one of them features the Douglas Village Shopping Centre. It's a big day for them today.
0: The Red Patrollers live on the streets of Cork.
1: The Red Patrollers are in Douglas Village at the shopping centre today for their 50th birthday, October 18th, sorry, November 18th, I should say, 1971. Colm O'Sullivan is heading up the tribe this morning. Morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you?
9: Because you clearly weren't even born then, were you? (laughs) I wasn't. I wasn't born in 1971, nowhere near it. (laughs) Um, But I'm looking at some great pictures because they have a great... um, Photo display, kind of an exhibition, up here in the main shopping mall in Douglas. And I don't know if you've been in here recently for a look at it, Neil. But it's got pictures from the opening day in 1971, right through all the decades—the 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s—right up to now. And all the different stores that have been here, the different shops that have been here, um, and the different people that have been here over the years. And it's absolutely fantastic. And even some of the outdoor aerial kind of shots. It paint a completely different picture of Douglas from what we all know it as now um, the South Lake Road wasn't there no. the flyover wasn't there no. um, it just looks so so different but um, it's absolutely great down here 50 years and you know Neil it was the first ever shopping centre in Park as well
1: it certainly was uh, it was Queensworth when they in there first wasn't it Yeah,
9: it was Queensworth, Um, and obviously they were taken over by Tesco yeah. and then in years gone by and obviously the whole place was redeveloped but I do remember the old Queensworth <laughs> store down here years ago they used to have a nice little toy shop down the back of the old shopping centre where we used to go on the run up to Christmas and we got some nice stuff there Um, and and it's always been a lovely shopping centre and uh, it really set a trend for Cork it was the first in Cork and the second only in Ireland so it was a kind of a whole new concept I suppose for Cork and for the country at the time It was it was a change uh, from the corner
1: shops to all of a sudden these big shopping arcades and I suppose it's worth going in to see the exhibition alone to just see 50 years of photographs
9: It definitely is like they've got some great photos there and I mean it's real nostalgia and I met some people there and I was some regular from the shopping centre um, who've been here down through the years and I met some staff who've worked here uh, for 20, 30 years and so on as well and they're looking at the exhibition and it's bringing back great memories for them and I think anybody from the Douglas area who, who maybe grew up um, since the sixties and seventies, and so on, dug um, the Shopping Centre open. I think it'll bring back a lot of great memories <laughs> and nostalgia for
1: them as well. <laughs> I worked there in the seventies, actually. Did you work here? I worked at Queensworth <laughs> in the seventies at a part-time job there, mid-seventies kind of thing. I was a great oh, man brilliant. up on top of a pallet truck. I used to work in the stores there, loading up the shelves. Oh I man, we had so fun! The
9: pallet truck, no Neil, but I'm sure you were very <laughs> good at it. <laughs> there
1: might be a photograph of me there on that display board. <laughs> I'll try, I'll look out! Look, for, look out. out for the ugly guy with the freckles and the big ears. Yeah, that's me.
9: <laughs> <laughs> we might have to get a pallet truck down here, Neil, and bring it down and recreate. Oh, a happy days on the
1: back of a pallet truck. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. I'll let you get on with the party then. All right. Great stuff
9: Neil, thanks a million Cheers and uh, great
1: atmosphere down here in Douglas for the 50th hour. Drop by, Colm O'Sullivan is there the Red Patrol is there and you are welcome to be there for their 50th birthday today with that in mind we have two gift cards to give away for the Douglas Village Shopping Centre, they're worth 200 euro each and of course because it's 1971 is their anniversary, we're looking at the decade of the 1970s this week, right? A different year from the decade. I won't be over explaining myself if you've been listening all week, you know the drill so you need to identify the year You need to identify the film, you need to identify the song from that year, And you need to identify the event that we're playing for you that happened on that year in the 1970s. I think the event is quite difficult to myself, to be absolutely honest with you. But you guys are smarter than me. So when I open the phone lines, in about 45, maybe 50 minutes' time, I need you to fill in all the blanks. The song, the film, the event, and then, of course, tell me the year. You gave me a raise. Thank you. I can't
0: believe this. Well, well, you better look first.
6: I gotta look. It don't make no difference. You gave me a raise. That's an important
0: thing. It's only 250. So what?
7: 6,151 days ago, Telefusheran went on the air for the first time.
1: Yes, indeedy. And the rest was history as the Philistines. Anyway, so that uh, year, the event, the movie and the song. OK, I might give it another spin this side of midday and open the phone lines courtesy of ourselves in Douglas Village Shopping Centre. OK, um, things took off this morning. Uh, it wasn't what I had intended to cover, but it was a life-changing story. And that is the big Christmas party that college students are celebrating on Side today. So I'll, uh, I'll deal with some more of those if you don't mind. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, I was just mentioning um, earlier on this morning Flannery's in a video that was sent I'm now being told that that's Flannery's in Limerick so they were obviously having some big huge massive party in Limerick last night to celebrate something or other but to Glasheen Road we go to Joe at uh, Joseph's Hair Salon Joe good morning
10: Good morning, Neil, my friend. And Neil, you don't have big ears, lovely love ears. <laughs> Lad, I was the, the I that's,
1: was that's the ugliest the young fella you ever saw. I had everything right, going yeah, yeah, again. Was, I I, but I know had...
10: say, Neil, if you're ugly as a child, you grow
1: up to but, be beautiful. But I mean, you can just see that yourself when you look at me. Look yeah. at it. Look at this.
10: I was shocking. and looked at how it turned out beautiful. Well, as an child,
1: turn out to be beautiful
10: I'd have preferred to have been a good looking teenager, Joe. You know. Uh, no, I think now because you've only a few years in the teens, you have a whole your life as an adult. Oh, well said, Joseph! Well <laughs> yeah, said! And my Lee, look, I'm a classroom clan who's in the salon, and there's nobody outside. it just to confirm that because the lads were concerned. They said they are getting cancellations. People think they're overcrowded. There's nobody at all outside Flannerys at the moment, except somebody was unplanned. Yeah,
1: I know there was video footage of a Flannerys, and of course you get confused as to which Flannery. But yeah, the, of course, okay, yeah. so it's not, but it's not there. But how, you, you're saying that there were loads of people are cancelling events, is it?
10: Yeah, in Flannerys, they know um, John came over. here quite concerned. He said, "Would you get on to your friend Neil and just let him know that there's nobody queued outside." Oh no one, you know, that yeah, okay. I
1: know what you're saying. That the Flannery's yeah. event from say last night wasn't Flannery's in Cork. Wasn't Flannery's? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Happy, happy to do that. It it got it got it got shared in our group, and it shouldn't have been put in there. It was a, uh, it was it was obviously Flannery's in Limerick, and sorry about that. I do not mean to be giving them any grief. So, um,
10: Neil, no problem, my friend. And and was I going to say? Well, doing jailo today. She's coming in for her challenge. Is she? Yeah. What are you going to be doing? I don't know what do you. Neil, I never saw the woman. I'll have to look at her face now and study her body and see what I'm going to do. I just don't look at the hair, you know, I look at the whole thing. Right. If you um, come to me now, I wouldn't be just looking at her head. I'd be looking at her ears, her eyes, her nose. Why?
1: Why do you care about my ears if you're cutting my hair?
10: Because oh, I don't want to leave too much shown. There's a little bit on top, and you know what I mean? Oh, I'm it's the, artist, it's, it's the bigger artist. it's the bigger picture. You need to stand back and take a good look. Oh, got the hair done for the wedding. She was absolutely amazing. You played a blinder oh, there. I did yeah. But Nilsa was very worried about the wedding night, though, because all the cousins were giving her, giving her um, advice on, you uh, know, yourself yeah. now. And they, listen,
1: they're 35 years together before they ever got married. Yeah. They're no, not no, practicing was, I, anymore. I don't know.
10: some advice anyway. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know much <laughs> about being dead with women anyway. That's another story. I don't know. <laughs> <by twice. laughs> could buy me would you not try it out once and see if you fancy oh, I did, it meal. I did yeah oh god I did <laughs> I recited the whole um, what was in my shopping list everything I was trying to get them. oh anyway look that's another story you, go.
1: you you tried your hardest but it just wasn't happening yeah yeah I, I, yeah anyway
10: Good, good luck. To I'll talk to minute. Minute.
1: <laughs> my sincerest apologies to Flannery's on the Glasian Road. I was sent in a video in the group and it was inadvertently tagged as being something from Gorgon and clearly it wasn't. My, my, my bad.
0: So happy to correct that. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 86 Red FM. Dead right. Bring me
1: back down to gr- ground level with the bang. Neil, do you honestly think you're good looking? A bit too much self-praise, I think. No, no, I, I don't. I was, I was just having a laugh. I don't for a moment. I mean, I'm beautiful on the inside. It may be ugly outside, but I'm beautiful on the inside. And what is that one, that, that Emer? What's the one that Emer has always gone about? If you If you get lemons, make lemonade, is it? Is that the one? You have to try and accentuate the positive as much as you can in life and other ones like that. I was talking about the inspirational quotes that want to make people like me absolutely scream. And there are many of them around. Dance like nobody's watching is one of them. Back in the day, what we used to say, a bit of, kind of a inspirational quotes would be things like, um, get over it. Or um, you'll be grand. Or... Um, one of the best persons in the world, actually, for these kind of quotes, actually, is Brenda Dennehy, because she lives by inspirational quotes. So where, where, where I would say dance like nobody's watching would one make me, like, scream. I see all of these Instagrammers. Um, are you amongst them that has got these daily inspirational quotes that I'm supposed to find inspiring and they just make me angry?
16: Well, I don't want to do them daily, but the one I probably do every morning. No, I did it this morning, OK, after the gym. <laughs> win the morning win the day but it's true Neil if you start off the morning good you win the day well, why the rest do you sh- of
1: the day why do people share it with others are other people interested in hearing these one liners like I'd be more interested in you know the the equivalent word to crap C-R-A-P happens yeah you know? like it happens get over it move on
16: <laughs> yeah but sure my one no is always right Okay, F-U-C-K it will be grand that's what I say to everything no so that's I can't use the swear word but yeah it'll be grand you know but I think they do like on my okay on my phone on my screensaver I have you don't know how you don't have to know how to do it you just have to know that you can right and we look at our phones on 60 <laughs> times a day so I'm brainwashing myself every time I go to my phone but if you share them some person right they actually tell you that you could share a quote and it could change their total <laughs> to their
1: day so if somebody saw instead of looking at what's depressing Look at what's a blessing. Yeah. So that what's that supposed to do for me? I'm just it feel good all over.
16: The more you count your blessings, the more blessings you have to count. That's another one there. Karma
1: has no menu. You get served what you deserve.
16: Yeah, that's if you're kind of angry and you're posting that and you want the person that um, has done wrong to you to see it. I don't do that. There's a lot of people that go down that road. That's
1: being nasty. Yeah, it's
16: kind kind of like I'm going to put that up and she'll see that now and she'll know that's about her, you know. That's one of them.
1: Hugging is a silent way of saying you matter to me.
16: No, that's a bit cringy. You know, someone said that
1: to me. I'm like, but just, that, That's another one of the inspirational posts. I saw him on Instagram this morning. Every day is a new beginning. Take a deep breath. Smile. Start again. No, no, no. And then if
16: someone actually, do you know what does bug me? If someone's like, oh, happy Friday, happy Friday. Happy no.
1: Friday. brother.
16: actually does. It's Friday. That's what she says. I don't, I don't like that. But this, this is what I, Do
1: you know what I say to people that say happy Friday? I say, don't you like Mondays? Yeah. And Tuesdays. Oh,
16: well, listen, Wednesdays. Mondays belong to the go-getters. That's my one for Mondays. Oh,
1: God, you've got so for one, occasion. Th-
16: there are seven days in a week. Someday isn't one of them. It's
1: true, is <laughs> She's on a roll. I go away and make coffee, and you just yep. get on with an inspirational broadcast for the. Oh, next this is
16: the minutes. last one. No, today's forecast: one hundred percent chance of winning. <laughs> do that? No, do that tomorrow for the laugh at the weather.
1: Come <laughs> <laughs> on, I talk to you later on. No switching her off when she gets into the in- inspirational posts of the day. Can I go back out to Balafihan? my apologies, Tony.
4: Yes. Sorry for you.
1: holding you. Sorry for holding you. Are you in the car? I am, I am. All right, what do you see, man? What do you see?
4: I said there were about 150 or more students outside, outside the harp, drinking, no masks wearing, girls looking at them, and the garbs just went away there, you know, the four garbs.
1: Yeah, because they're the ones and that couldn't like, get into the harp, I suppose. They were left out.
4: Yeah, otherwise they were left outside, and I said there was about another 100, so I got in 12 barracks, Street, you know, all drinking away, going along the road. And, and they're, they're, they're your you're in the front garden there by, by uh,
1: the office there oh really yeah and I know
4: a disgrace a disgrace they've had
1: enough though Tony you know they've had two years of this hell.
4: So I had two years
1: of this health uh, yeah but you're not you're not a teen or a 20 something like who who, who should no, be no I'm in... not,
4: but I, I like to enjoy myself too but I have to do whatever it is does yeah do I know do what the guidelines
1: says I know I know what did the like, guy? Yeah. What did the guards do? They just made sure they're nobody. They're
4: standing, looking over. I thought they go over and tell them plan masks where their masks, Nothing like that being said.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, they're, they're probably doing no harm to no man. Yeah. Not now, anyway. You know, maybe later on. No, no, when they no, no, no.
4: They're doing no harm in that sense. Not yet, anyway.
0: Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know, like I like to see them enjoy themselves. You're, you're not going to get in there for full legs, like, so why we, hang
1: around there, like? Yeah, we'll have to wait and see what happens inside over the rest yeah. of the day, you know? Exactly,
4: yeah. exactly. All right, my man. Probably well, they, they'll they be quite enough, like, but we have to wait and see as they say.
1: It's hard, it's, hard to, it's hard for everybody to pull their weight anymore, you know? It's just got very so tough. Well,
4: it's, it's, it's very, very tough for me, so I can imagine, especially being a, a, a youngster, I suppose. Well, like, uh, we all went through that uh, at all
1: stages. The only problem is that you know, Covid is rampant. It's ripping through the place that, at the moment, you that, know. That,
4: that, that's the old danger what it does, they, they, they probably understand that perfect, but it's the danger of it. That's, that's what they're probably not looking
1: at. Yeah, well, I see some other texts coming in that are quite critical, so I'll get back to those as well. But, Tony, thanks for taking yes. the call from outside the harp this morning. Appreciate it. M-
4: my pleasure.
8: Good uh,
1: evening. Jane, good morning.
8: Morning,
1: Neil. Okay, what's on your mind?
8: No, I was just texting you about the carry-on in Cork and seeing it up in line.
1: Oh, you're you're watching the video footage. Yeah, What do you make of it?
8: I think it's absolutely disgraceful. Mm. And, you know, there was people, a lady on there too early on, speaking about um, adults, children not being able to get out. What about the elderly? They can't... What would you say? I haven't seen anybody that are locked up as well. As I said, on my text you. We don't see... We can not get vaccinated for medical reasons, but I don't want to, want to discuss on air. Yeah,
1: but you're not vaccinated, but I bet you're ultra-cautious.
8: I, can, I don't, but that's at the and that's being quite honest with you. I'm afraid of my life. Mm. My husband does... He goes out and gets what we need, when we need. But since 2019, since we started i say uh, I count it on my fingers how so many times I've been outside the door because I'm afraid of my life to go out.
1: Has it been so few you couldn't count it on both fingers, hands no?
8: I have not been out of this house, I'd say once this year.
1: Is that right? Once?
8: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, once.
1: When you say out yeah, of this once. house, like clearly you go out for a walk somewhere every day.
8: No, I don't because I have hip and knee problems. How have, are you,
1: how are you managing in the in the brain department with that?
8: I'm not. It's starting to really start to, what would you say, get me now. Get you down. are two other kids are abroad, and they won't be home for Christmas either. And what
1: do you do all day, week in, week out, two years later? What have you been doing?
8: I listen to you every morning, for one thing. All right, well, thank for you. Three hours. Um just pack around the house the two of us he does his garden and whatever has to be done outside. I do whatever I have to do inside and I just go to bed early in the evening and I'm glad this dark evening that I can just we can go into bed at five or six and that's it
1: yeah you're mentally drained from it though
8: absolutely mentally drained from it I don't even want to think of Christmas this year <laughs> I think that the two of them won't be here for Christmas where are they? One is in Russia
1: and one is in Canada. Right, well, it won't be. Well, I suppose Canadians can come home, couldn't they? They could come home if they wanted. Well,
8: Shelley went three
1: months ago. Yeah, no, well, she wasn't planning it, I suppose, yeah. Yeah.
8: yeah. yeah, yeah you I wouldn't
1: plan to come to home when you're just three months out of the country. You wouldn't be coming home that Christmas, maybe the next one. No, no,
8: no. So when you
1: interested. see when you see students then trying to let off a bit of steam, how do you feel about that?
8: Absolutely, Seelman. Why? And I dread the thoughts of this... Um, a o'clock, because we all know what's going to happen there. We live in a nice, residential, quiet estate, but I mean, this house is down under us, say at the back of our boundary wall and the house parties, oh my God, is that going to start again? It was absolutely horrendous and that's what I can see is going to happen.
1: And the house parties I mean, yeah. would be well, connected with students from UCC or uh, MIT or... Um,
8: no, from people that are working in uh, pharmaceuticals.
1: Okay, so it's not college related, it's just working no, people. No no. no, 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 yeah.
8: no. And I mean, they'll start at six in the evening and this will go on until two and three in the morning. Absolutely dry. Well why
1: would that happen if they can go to the pub till midnight? You're saying it'll be after that?
8: After that? After that, it's once or six in the morning, and they'll come out again the next morning at 10 They're at the back of my home. Okay. And they'll come out again in the morning at 10 o'clock, and then start again at, at the weekend. Absolutely dread it. And what would you say? You'd be hoping for rain, because when they all come outside the backyard, they're basically in my backyard, because there's only a boundary wall between the two of us. Yeah.
1: And you're saying I that mean, that's I mean, going to happen because we're heading into Christmas, is it? We're
8: heading into Christmas, and I mean... this thing i Copper as I was hearing, and they're re- reading of the paper this morning, going to open at 6 in the, the evening.
1: Six p.m. to midnight, yeah. Point? But you can't blame them, you can't blame them, otherwise they go out of business, you see. They are a business, and they want to... Oh, you don't want I mean, them to close down. I
8: mean, down. at the end of the day, you know what, that's going to bring they're all going
1: to go out drinking early and then they're all back to the houses again. Yeah, maybe so. All right, okay. Yeah. Jane, look after yourself. Regards to yourself and your husband. Stay in touch. Yeah, all right,
8: thanks.
1: Take Very care and nice. thanks for listening. Thank you. James? hi, good morning. Okay, okay, here we are. I imagine this is possibly happening in other parts of the city besides the Harp Bar. Maybe there are similar stories in Barry Street and Bandon Road. But anyway, go ahead. I'm
6: sure there are, but uh, how many students are in Cork approximately? 18,000. Eighteen thousand, right? So you take a thousand out of well, that. Well, eighteen
1: thousand so at UCC anyway, I believe.
6: Oh, well, mm-hmm. there's about thirty, I think, in total, in all the different colleges.
1: Is it thirty? So okay.
6: We have an issue. I, I read that somewhere. I may be wrong. I stand corrected. We have an issue with people complaining about the being out at this hour of the morning. Now go round to the movie shops and see how many are in the movie shop. Look to see, you here, see How many are on trolley? Like, I mean, is it that bad? Most of the students that I would, would feed this morning are either in college, studying, doing assignments, or possibly working to try and pay their inflated rent.
0: No,
1: no, 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 I'm not arguing. I'm, I, I don't disagree with any of that. They do have to pay rent. They have to get part-time jobs to supplement their life. Yeah, I know that. Yeah,
6: yeah, but, yeah. Uh, You know the biggest beneficiary of the rent? The government. Half, half the half goes back to the government. And half the rest goes back to the
1: government. Well, so that,
6: like nobody nobody
1: holds the government up. The, I don't know how you can make that out. Half is a spend; it's not a profit. Well, no.
6: If you get if your rent is a thousand, you get five hundred half. with yeah. The landlord at the end of the year his tax liability is roughly half his overall take.
1: Yeah, we found recently that a survey of many of the properties up around the College Road they weren't returning any tax and they weren't registered with the uh, with the uh, with with the Tennessee but it was worth Board. So. Yeah. Whose fault is that? Well, it's the fault of those that didn't return the tax and it's the fault of those that aren't of registered course. with the Tenancy Board.
6: And it's making it higher for everybody else. But,
1: uh, but, but what's sure. that got to, well, what has anything got, that got to do with the students letting off steam and just saying they've had enough and everybody else I mean, then I been asked mean, to toe the line? I don't, I
6: don't know how they've stayed sane, no more than the elderly. I have no idea how they've stayed sane for the last two years. Their life has been changed dramatically. And some of them will not come out of this without laws, And let them go. Were they breaking anything? Were they doing any damage? They're just an easy target. And I'm an old one.
1: People are saying that parties like that and events like that will rip through the community afterwards. But
6: has that not been going on since the people have been living there?
1: So what's the point then in having guidelines, regulations or laws?
6: Oh, I agree with that totally. Like, I mean... What do 20-foot walls create? A demand for 22-foot ladders.
1: Yeah, I know what you he mean. Good
6: point. You up to 12 o'clock. I heard somebody interviewed yesterday at the night of Warner in Dublin. He was, was starting at 7 this weekend. But
1: you see, they have to stay in business. They're businesses. They're employing people. We don't want them to close down. If they want to open at 6 o'clock, that's fine. Isn't it? Surely okay. be the God.
6: I'm on your sheet. I'm only saying life has to go on. unfortunately, or fortunately we'd have to live with
1: it. Alright, here's a, here's an interesting point though because I don't believe that you live anywhere near the harp bar but here's one for you. Just past four young men urinating in people's front gardens outside the harp bar, there's empty naggings of vodkas, empty cans of beer thrown on the ground all over the place. There's no ma- There's no masks thrown in the gardens of the ground actually, he says, because nobody's wearing them. I know
6: that. Look at, look at um, Eviva, like, so you can't just blame them. But regarding the urinating... If you do that in Australia or New Zealand, there's laws there. we don't have laws or we don't implement them, which
1: is it I can guarantee you one a thing. A thing. thing there's no garda, a- there's no garden no guarda- or garda station in Leaside wants to arrest a college student this morning. They just don't want to do that they it it would it, it, and nor do we want them to either for that matter in fairness on the spot fine okay on the spot fine all right, okay take care. Take care, my man. Lines open at one So come back to calls in a few minutes, Tom. Just want to take a little bit of time out and just maybe lighten the mood a little bit. So students have had it very tough over the past couple of years. So has the music industry. And then along comes an absolutely fantastic song from an incredibly talented couple. I'm talking about Mick Flannery and the Claire singer-songwriter Susan O'Neill, who has the most incredible voice We know Flannery. We know all about his talent, his brilliance and the music that he's been producing over the years. They haven't got to do a lot of gigs and stuff like that, musicians. But when they put pen to paper and release new material, it's just incredible. They've got a new song out, just recently won Best Original Folk Track. They've got a new album, the two of them. It's called The Game. The song is called Chain Reaction. There's this fantastic video that goes with it that you need to see. You really do. It is the coolest Smokiest, and he's just the coolest dude ever. Anyway, he just he just fits the bill, you know. He just really, really, you know, owns the part, uh, Mick Flannery. Um, and I just I want to play this now because if I leave it any longer to midday, uh, I'll run out of time. But this is just this is just a class act. <laughs> just sends shivers right up and down my body and out through my ears. The great Mick Flannery and uh, Susan O'Neill. What an incredible song. They got a new album out. It's called The Game, and that's the track from it. It's called Chain Reaction. Buy the album, download the album, watch the video, just Google it. It's an incredible piece of work. Back after the break.
3: The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday, 1850-104-106.
1: Okay, can I just uh, update? There was a beautiful, beautiful torch-lit walk uh, last evening in memory of Jimmy Horgan. It had started at Leroy & Club and went all the way down to the village, and Blackrock Castle was all beautifully lit in memory of the young lad and the Horgan family, and imagine were very, very pleased with the turnout of people to mark the first anniversary of their son's passing I was chatting with uh, Ernest on the air yesterday morning. And uh, just to, to update you, if you did manage to um, uh, donate any couple above at all to the I Donate page, when we were chatting yesterday with uh, Ernest, I think it was about 48,000. Uh, it has now gone to, in, in a few minutes' time, it will pass 80,000. It's at 79,784 euro. And all of that will go to the Mercy Hospital. That is an incredible amount of money. They've gone 285% ahead of their target of 28 grand and uh, will soon pass 80,000, so to everybody that did donate, well done, you've been part of a, a very, very, very successful campaign for a good cause in memory of a lovely lad who died at, uh, he would have been 14 years old this week, um, and uh, well done to all, I just wanted to update you on that. So a couple of calls this side of, of midday, Moray, good morning, thank you for holding, John's holding as well, Murray good morning. Morning, how are you? You're just saying there, why aren't I letting callers on to say that the students are doing nothing wrong? Well, that's the reason why you're on. I'm, I'm happy to talk to anybody.
15: Well, I I didn't see any misbehaving from the students, but I do live in politics, and I'm only up the the oh. hill from the hearth. Yeah. And they bring a smile to my face when I hear them singing. And they're just, they're just singing joyfully down the road. Are they, they singing
1: Christmas so, carols, is
15: it? They're singing... Everything.
1: <laughs> it's their, it's um, Christmas Day for them today, apparently. I don't know why, but it's a thing they do.
15: Yeah, I saw yeah. them in town there now the earlier. All right, they're all dressed up It's with a Christmas jumpers. Listen, Ireland has become a nation of moaners and begrudgers. The simple Okay. Let the students have their fun, in all fairness. They have had it bad you know, over the last two years. Everyone has had it bad. I really enjoy listen, listening to them past my house every night. And anyone can complain about. And would you go out and clean up the bottles cells.
1: and the naggins and the cans? Then there's, no.
15: there's none outside my house. But
1: well, there is outside others, and their gardens were used. And I'm up top to
15: the top of the hill, so by the time they should have their drink, drink it should be my house. They should be throwing it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, un- understanding that they need to have some fun, and it's been a horrible couple of years. But what of is the there consequences of gatherings like this?
15: There, there should be none.
1: So you think they won't
15: country. be? It's a completely free country. And if people don't like it, let them move to China. Mm. They want loads of rules, regulations. They stand there to think the harp isn't doing nothing illegal. Why are completely people complete? Why are the guards at the harp? They've done nothing illegal. Come on, this is like a nanny state. This is what we're turning into. And if people let us go that way, let them all. Let, let, let I'll be gone. I'm not living in, in, a, in a, a People's Republic of China and Ireland at all. Oh, I saw people now are just way too big, quick to judge, way too quick to condemn others. That people enjoy themselves and live there late. I know,
1: but any time that I meet somebody who's had COVID badly, they say I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy.
15: That's I'm not it, that's, saying that's anything what... about
1: COVID. Which is the only reason, though, people would be upset about. Why else do you well, think people would be upset well, about five hundred people? Upset?
15: According to the science, COVID is affecting the elderly people, and I don't think the elderly be out at twelve o'clock in the morning yeah, running yeah, around the place. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. Come on, let's use our brain cells let the children enjoy
8: themselves
1: there's no risk no risk at all uh, singing joyfully somebody says Maureen are you joking singing joyfully three of them just urinated in my aunt's garden next to the harper and her neighbour across the road is, thinks it's an abst- and her neighbor's garden as well so um, I didn't
15: see anyone urinating but to be honest they're not attacking people are
1: they no 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 okay alright no, okay, no. okay. No. All right, okay. <laughs> appreciate that John good morning good morning, morning. alright go ahead what's on your mind well, I just want to say is, with the
5: pubs being closed at twelve o'clock tonight, yeah, of course the students are going to go out at half ten, to to make sure they join themselves. Yeah, to have a good run at it. And why they going? Why to should, I They're mean? Going like,
1: why, why why would anybody give students a grief? Grief going in there if there's fifty thousand people or eighty thousand people watching football or rugby matches? Think about that.
5: Exactly, and. They're doing nothing to no one. They're just out there to enjoy themselves. They had a year and a half of it. As long with everybody else.
1: Not just the students. Yeah, but there, there was um there was a caption going around last week to students, don't go don't go visiting your granny. So would that be the message after today's parting, don't go visit your granny tomorrow. Yeah. But the government are coming up with these rules. They're
5: corrupt. They're able to travel all over the Country, so can you? Not a bad one. So can you. And the lads can't even go out and enjoy themselves.
1: They're half. They're probably all fully vaccinated. Well, they have to be to get indoors anyway to that pub. Yeah, yeah. So but that doesn't mean that they can't give their granny COVID nineteen.
11: You see,
5: <laughs> that's the thing. Well, me I think the government are corrupt because. The young people are just losing out on everything. Yeah,
1: their whole life. I know. I understand that. Yeah.
5: And then for example, for New Year's, what are they going to do at twelve o'clock? Five, four, three, two, one, go home?
1: No, the whole idea is that the next two weeks should get us through this latest wave. I don't know whether we will or not. I don't know what December's gonna be like. We could be in lockdown for all I know, but that if we do the right thing now they're saying for the next fortnight, we'll save Christmas. <laughs>
5: I have a feeling this is just the start of another lockdown.
1: All right. Okay. All right, my man, we shall see. Thank you, John. I'm not going to have much more time left, but I certainly can pick up on this and lots more tomorrow, Friday. Mick. Hello, Neil. How are you? Just bear with me there for one second, will you? I just want to do a competition, and then I'm going to get back to you. So we have for you, lads, two... 200 euro gift cards to give away every day this week for Douglas Village Shopping Centre you know the drill they're celebrating their 50th birthday it's today the Red Patrollers are there pop in if you want to have a look around and you'll see an exhibition of 50 years of photographs from the Douglas area if nothing else that's worth looking at all day long so here's what you need to identify the song the film the event, and then tell me what year they're all from.
6: You gave me a raise, thank you. I can't
1: believe this. Wait, you better look first. I gotta
6: look, it don't make no difference. You gave me a raise, that's an
0: important. Well, thing. It's only
7: 250. So what? Six thousand one hundred and fifty-one days ago, Sharon went on the air for the first time
1: one 2 callers Please call us 10 and 11 Get them all right They'll give you 200 euro Gift cards each one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Meanwhile Mick Lighten the mood for me
11: I just I just wanted to See I was inside in Dunstall In Blackpool Shopping Centre About 20 minutes ago Yeah And I put my vestures Up on the counter and I was able to look For my money My money was gone on my pocket only 20 euro
1: and Was it a I 20 was, euro like, note Yeah Fell out of your pocket but,
11: 20 euro, on no, I, right. I fell over my pocket, could have fell over anywhere, I
15: like.
11: Right. And I was panicking and panicking, and this fellow this was behind me and he says, Don't worry about that, Mick. Oh, he didn't say, hey, Mick. don't worry about that. So I said, I'll pay for the messages for you. <laughs> you see, I this, said, Oh, yeah, go on. And I said, Oh, no, no, I said, I, would, I wouldn't do that. I said, I, I, wouldn't catch, I, I wouldn't catch anyone like that. And in the end, to make a long story short, I picked up my bag to put the messages in, and the other 20 euros was underneath the bag. <laughs> <laughs> How much did he pay for your messages? That's only 8 euros. I know it only 8 euros. <laughs> but I, I said to the girl, I said, Look, I said, what you do? I said, Give him back the money, they'll know, and i paid pay the difference. <laughs> no, no, he said, I'm on paying." for him, he said. I said, I pay for him, he said, I see your <laughs> pen again, and.
1: forget the ball. he said. He still insisted on paying.
11: Fair play. He still insisted on paying, like, you know what I mean? Just to show young people around like And the young fellow is he? He's anybody. He's in his top days.
1: A fair play to him. I wonder
11: would that have happened
1: two or three years ago before all of this coronavirus stuff? You know, are people just kinder oh, now. I, oh, yeah. I know,
11: and, and, and you know, and maybe they would. I, I, I felt more than and He said he came for them. <laughs>
1: Oh, listen, he he did what he did out of kindness and generosity and God knows you'll have a chance to do it in the future as well at some stage. Oh,
11: yeah, I, I would. and I, I'll I, I be honest I with you. I would do that.
1: And it made you feel good too. Oh, it is, it
11: is you know, and it's if, if he passed me there, no, I wouldn't even
1: know him. Yeah, well, listen, it's a beautiful I, thing. A shock, it's a beautiful thing. I just want thing. to
11: thank him, like you
1: know. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Mick. Fair play to you. Pass it on. Cheers, pal. Well done to that young fan, young man, whoever he was, uh, paying up like that. It's fantastic. I mean, there isn't a day goes by now they're not hearing stories like that, which is. Fantastic people of all ages, the young and the not so young. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. We'll pick it up in the morning with regards to our calls, texts, and comments. I didn't get to a lot of business today, but we got some uh, some competition housekeeping after the break.
0: This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104
1: to 106 Red FM. As we send best wishes and good luck to the anglers, they're launching their new cocktail bar and restaurant 1919 and they open it this evening. So best of luck to all involved. Incidentally, there was big parting in Limerick yesterday with uh, Teresa listening in Newcastle West. She says Limerick was full of UL students all day yesterday on the streets drinking. It was apparently UL Christmas celebrations day yesterday. They were also all dressed up in the Christmas jumpers. It's on in Cork today and it will be in Galway on Friday. Day. The virus isn't worrying them and they seem to have plenty of money. It's unbelievable, says she. Uh, so the partying that I was talking about um, in Flannery's was Flannery's in Limerick. Let me say that for the final time. Meanwhile, Tim Adonno, who's in Frankfield. Tim? Oh, yeah. Step up, friend, and be counted. And Colette's in... K- K- where are you, Colette? I can't pronounce it. Kins- are you in Kinsale? Kinsale? yeah. It says Kinsane here. So I was wondering, was that a mix between Kinsale and Kishkame or something? So no, anyway, we you haven't invented
7: a new place. <laughs>
1: okay. Here's how it works. Because Tim is caller 10 and you're caller 11, Tim, you will give me the movie, all right? Now, not not just yet. And then, uh, Colette, you will give me the song. And Tim, you will give me the event. And Colette, you will give me the year. You get the them all right. There's 200 euro gift cards each. Okay. Okay. You ready, Tim? You haven't collapsed on me. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So when you hear it, start shouting. So you're going to be first up with the with the movie. So it starts now.
6: You gave me a raise. Thank, Thank you. you. I can't yeah, believe. Saturday
1: fever. I'll look first. I've got to look at. Them. Never I'm saw that first. film. You,
0: you know, never in life. Well, it's only 250. So what? <laughs>
1: What's the problem, Colette? Every was the
4: winner.
7: 6151 on. days ago, Sharon went on the air Tim. for the
11: first
1: time. The opening of RT2 television. Good man. Happened in the Opera House. And the year, Colette?
12: 1978.
1: Okay, I'm just slightly hesitant here now. You were slow about the song, so come back to me on that.
7: Because I was waiting for you to play the song. Like, you played, played the
1: um, Did you, you not music hear? What was the name of the band? Hot chocolate. Everyone's a winner. Okay, got it out of you in the end. I'll take that. I'll accept it. Congratulations to both. A 200 euro gift card each. Come up from Kinsale and spend it in Douglas and come down the hill from Frankfield, Tim, and do likewise. All right?
7: Okay, Thank you. Thank
1: you. Congratulations. Congratulations to both of you. I think I annoyed her. Did I? I I, Did I? I I tend to do that, I think. Hope not. Anyway, I hope she'd be happier going away with the 200 euro gift card courtesy of (laughs) ourselves (laughs) and Douglas Village Shopping Centre. It's been one of those mornings. So, um, I'm not wearing any Santa hat, but I have some more dosh to give away now. 200 euro, courtesy of ourselves and Grana Credit Union. Do you know your north side? This is worth 200 euro if you do and a chance to win three grand next week in the grand final. So Grana Credit Union have given me cash to give away. This is 200 euro. If you know your north side, you should know this voice. I hope. Anybody? Anybody at all?
11: You're asking me, I haven't a clue. I hope. You said it really quickly.
1: No, another listen. I hope.
10: But that doesn't sound north side. He sounds quite awfully. Well, yeah, he? but you see the thing is is he still in the north side is the question. From time to time. Oh, is he right? <laughs> time to time. That's not much of a clooney I'm
1: delighted that you're stumped. <laughs> I am. That's brilliant. Okay. So lines are open on that in on 1850-104-106. Uh, it's worth 200 euro. Get dialing now Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow.
15: Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out Redextra.ie for more great red FM content.